Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You produce, and then you get to consume according to how much, how much you've actually produced. Soviet Union, the government of the Soviet Union, they went ahead and they promised people communism. We're all equal. It's all sounds like a great idea in a lot of regards, but it's stupid. Because it does not reward the producer. It only promises, makes promises to the consumers, more promises than can be delivered because you don't have enough producers, and the whole thing fell apart. What's happening in this country? We have consumerism, which is just a variation on the same idea they promoted in communism. You get to spend money even if you didn't earn it. We'll take the money from the people who earn it, and we'll give it to the people who sit on their butts. What happened? The whole country blew up. And before they were done, they suffered a 10-year, they suckered, suffered a decade of organized crime, violence, diminishing life expectancy. Everybody paid for that. We got into the free lunch. They, the communists promoted we would have a free lunch for all the comrades. And the comrades were dumb enough to buy it. And in the end, blew up in their faces, and they probably shortened their lives on average, I don't know, 10 years maybe during that period. Same thing's going to happen here if we're not careful or smart. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. All right? Get what you need to protect yourself against what is an inevitable calamity headed our way. I'm Alfred Adeskir with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. Left you fast. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money. Money in a rich man's world. Money, money, money. 
Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. 
Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in, and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. Well, indeed, we are going to get on with it. The doctor is in. I guess I'll put on my headphones. I just came sliding into the studio here at the last moment. So uh, glad to have all of you here today on the Doc Green Show. We're uh, we're always privileged that uh, you guys tune in. Try to get my uh, headphones readjusted. 
And uh, we want to get everybody online here today. So we're going to open up the Facebook Live channel as well and see if we can make that happen. So uh, we we want to we want to get everybody in here as many people as we can get into the chat room. We want to get them in here, and so we're doing all of that. So the Doc Green Show is live and on the air, where we talk about all things political and politic. And in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to none other than Crystal Lee Larimore, who is the editor of the Damn Good Times, and that would be a damn good paper for you to have delivered to your home, and you can. You can go to the damn good times and put in your uh, name and address there and give them 50 bucks, and they'll deliver that thing for an entire year. That's right. An entire year of the damn good times is just 50 bucks. And let's face it, there are few enough entities out there where you can get real news and great commentary, not to mention some blistering, (laughs) I mean blistering political cartoons like only Crystal Lee Larimore can do. So be sure you get your subscription to the Damn Good Times. And there's my buddy Larry Seceed Kilgore, who's running for governor. We need to get him out here and talk about it as well. So I see him uh, logging in. You can also go to the Amazing Doc Green Show on YouTube, and you can catch us there as well. So we're in all sorts of places, and, and of course, uh, Raging Elephants Radio and uh, thank you guys for joining us in all of these places. Raging Elephants Radio every day at 10 to noon. And then, of course, here on American Voice Radio every day from 1 to 3. So lots of reasons for you to catch the Amazing Doc Green Show. And every time you post hashtag Amazing Doc Green Show on your uh, Facebook page, it helps. And so we need all of you. And uh, Crystal Lee Laramore is going to be calling in in a minute, and we're going to talk to her. I want to remind you, we are broadcasting live... From the uh, SelfDefenseFund.com studios. Let me see if I can get my cap on here. SelfDefenseFund.com. I got my cap on. Goes rather well with my yellow shirt, I think, don't you? And uh, I want to get that into the camera so you can see the logo. SelfDefenseFund.com. If you have ever considered defending yourself with a weapon of any kind, and I don't care if it's a kitchen knife, a baseball bat, or a Glock, You need SelfDefenseFund.com because if someone breaks into your home and it's 2.30 in the morning and you got to whack them, you are going to be arrested. It's just the truth. It's a fact of life. You're going to be arrested. There's going to be a trial. And God forbid you kill a little darling. Well, then his family's going to come after you because, according to one woman, well, how he going to get his stuff, you know, if he don't rob other people? How's he going to do that? I mean... So you're going to go to trial. They are going to sue you, and selfdefensefund.com is what you need to have on your side because if you need expert witnesses, selfdefensefund.com will hire those witnesses. If you need any kind of legal assistance, they're going to be there to help you with that, and they do not put a cap on what they're willing to do for you. So selfdefensefund.com, you can go there. You can sign up. Uh, it's seventeen fifty a month for me and the redhead. So it doesn't matter if she has to pull out her 9mm or 357, or if i got to get out my 1911-45. Either way, if we are forced to defend our castle against some intruder or some guy that just took offense to something I said, and I don't know why, because I'm just a lovable little fuzzball. Who would ever be offended by anything I would say? But uh, should ever that happen, selfdefensefund.com is going to be there for me. I've got a card in my wallet. And that card says that I am lawyer protected. 
And the best thing you can say if you were ever arrested for defending yourself is nothing. That's right. Pull out the card, show it to them, say nothing. Because anything you can say or will say will be used against you, whether they tell you that or not. And we don't want that to happen to you. We want you to be on the right side of the law, and we want you to be protected by a lawyer who is on the right side of the law. So anyway, selfdefensefund.com, broadcasting from the Self Defense Fund studios. Now, there was a study just done And from 1950 to 2010, that's right, a period of 60 years, they studied the number of people killed and what types of places they're killed. The latest book, written by John Lott, The War on Guns, Arming Yourself Against the Gun Control Lies, shows that from 1950 to 2010, 60 years, there was not a single public mass shooting in any place where citizens were legally allowed to arm themselves. Now that should tell you something, guys. That should tell you something. It's good to see my my good buddy Scott Ford. Scott Ford, the libertarian professor who goes live on Raging Elephants Radio today at 2 o'clock, and Dutch Gleason have joined the show as well. In other words, gun-free zones or restricted zones were the targets of choice. Now, come on, I I can't believe that. Can you believe that? These thugs, these criminals, actually picked gun-free zones. They picked places where they thought they would not be challenged, where they would have total hegemony to uh, commit their crimes of violence. You know, it almost seems like the laws don't do any good as far as actually protecting people. It seems like the laws protect the criminals. I'm just saying. Anyway... This flies in the face of the 21st century gun control movement's claim that gun-free zones do not endanger innocence. It exposes the fallacy of arguments that present attackers as uninterested parties who just choose their targets by chance, never taking into account whether that target contains people who might be able to shoot back. Well, according to John Lott, from 1950 to 2010, every time there was a mass shooting, it was in a gun-free zone. So... I think this is important for you to know. Fortunately, here in Texas, we've improved things a little bit. Hey, Vern Kirby, man, Vern. Haven't seen you in a long time. Vern Kirby. I met him through my good friend, Johnny Johnson. God rest his soul. And uh, and Vern's a great guy, a good, solid, libertarian fellow. So uh, anyway, getting back to to my story. Um. For example, back in 2016, there was a wiretap of Khalil Abu Riyan, the would-be attacker in Detroit, that caught him admitting he wanted to attack a church because no one in church has a gun. Dylan Roof, the alleged gunman behind the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church attack, first planned to attack the college in Charleston. But he switched plans and attended the church after realizing the college had armed guards. You see, these guys are... Or a bunch of chickens. They don't. They don't want to actually go someplace where it could be difficult for them. So he switched his plans. The Aurora movie theater gunman James Holmes used his diary to explain that he did not choose the theater or the biggest theater for his attack. Rather, he chose a theater that had a gun-free sign out front. He selected the only theater within 20 minutes of his apartment that banned concealed handguns. I wonder why that happened. Consider John Russell Hauser, the alleged gunman behind the July 23, 2015 Lafayette Theater attack. He observed 
that uh, there's only one movie theater in his area that banned concealed handguns. Hmm. <laughs> Attacking a gun-free zone gives the aggressor the one thing that is key to massive bloodshed and terror. That is, an unarmed population. So with enough time, the attacker can kill large numbers of people, regardless of what kind of gun he uses, which, by the way, none of them had a fully automatic weapon. And none of them really had high-capacity magazines either. Wait a minute. I thought the law was going to fix that, but that doesn't seem to be the problem, does it? Nadal Hussan, the, uh, the bastard that killed all those guys up in Fort Worth, he was armed with only a pistol and a revolver, but he fired 220 shots because the soldiers at Fort Hood were not armed. Ah, gravity has taken its toll, I see. The soldiers at Fort, Wood, at Fort Hood were not armed. How is it possible that these very people that we count on to defend our nation, yet when they are on a home base, they are not armed? Something is wrong with this picture. And by the way, Nadal Hassan is still breathing your air. He's still eating your food. wonder why they didn't get rid of him like they did Timothy McVeigh. Eh, just a thought. Hey, I see Tammy Pink has joined us as well. Good to see her in there. So... And Tex Christopher, yeah, Tex Christopher, he is one of the guys that helped to organize the Target boycott here in Houston, and I was privileged to go out and join one of those protests with him. So, good to see you, Tex. Tex also ran for the Harris County GOP chairmanship uh, unsuccessfully this time, but we expect him to run again, so uh, it will be. And and, uh, my good buddy Dutch said, well, laws are designed to punish the guilty, but they only protect as far as the criminal is afraid of being punished. And if a criminal isn't scared of getting caught or being punished, then the law is of no value. Wow, isn't that crazy? Because it's against the law for a criminal to have a gun anyway, right? So if, if it's against the law for a criminal to have a gun, how is it possible criminals have guns? Surely they know that's the law. You know, and it's funny because that uh, theater attack, here's a sign that clearly says no guns. And yet, the theater attacker brought his gun in there. Well, that kind of defies belief, doesn't it? I mean, maybe he couldn't read well. The truth is, and you all know it, look, I'm stating the obvious. I am stating the obvious. The truth is simply this. Gun laws are like OSHA laws for criminals. Occupational safety and hazard protection, because we don't want our criminals being shot by some legal gun owner, do we? Of course not. Gun laws can only do two things. They can protect criminals from being injured, and they can protect tyrants from the voting population, or even if we don't have a voting population. These are the only things that can happen when you have gun laws. So why do we have gun laws? Well, here in Texas, we're doing our best to do what eight other states, I'm sorry, nine other states have already done. We are trying to get something here called constitutional carry in Texas. And constitutional carry means exactly what it says. Let me quote the Second Amendment for for my new listeners, those that don't know it well. It says simply this, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not 
It's specific legal language. It means there is no way around this. This is what has to be, and there is nothing you can do about it. That's what shall not means. Infringe means anything that makes it more difficult to, uh, to operate or have. Like, for instance, if you were to uh, make a law against uh, certain types of ammunition, well, that would be an infringement on your right to keep and bear arms. That's what that would be. So that's an infringement. That means that that law would be illegal. In fact, as we revealed here yesterday on, uh, on the amazing Doc Green show with Tommy Attaway, all laws that infringe upon your right, all laws that make it more difficult, are patently illegal and unconstitutional. There is no two ways around it. It has to be that way, and it can't be anything else. Every law that's been written is unconstitutional. That means the guys that wrote those laws are traitors to this country and should be punished. They should be punished. At the very least, they should be fired. We fought here in Texas for open carry. And look, I hate to admit it. I have to, I have to you know, it's a mea culpa. I have to tell you, I failed. I bowed down and kissed the glove. I did. I bowed down and kissed the glove. I said to the government, yes, I am willing to pay your ridiculous absorbent fee. I am willing to go to your classes. I am willing to fill out this paperwork just so that you will let me carry my weapon and not put me in jail. You'll allow me to protect myself and not put me in jail. And I said, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, would you do it for me? Well, of course they did. I did that 20 years ago, and I renew it every four years. I am told that I may not have to do it again, because uh, after you reach a certain age, and if you've had it for long enough, I'm, I understand that you don't have to refile. But the whole point is simply this. That's what I had to do to be able to carry a weapon here in Texas. Now, here's the good news. I can go into the state capitol, the Pink Palace in Austin. We call it that for the out-of-state folks because it's made out of pink granite. I can go into the Pink Palace in Austin where the kings and queens that rule over us work every day. And I, I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to be searched. I don't have to go through an x-ray machine. I simply walk up. I hand them my concealed carry license, which I shall display to you because I never leave home without it. So I pull out my concealed carry license, and I show that to them. That's what it looks like for the guys on Facebook, for the guys on YouTube. I pull that out, and I show that to them, and they let me walk into the Capitol with my 45, with my two extra mags, and I can go in there and walk around and do whatever I want to do. It's pretty cool. I like that. Now, here's what's odd. This is where it all breaks down. For the longest period of time, we were having these open carry protests, and we would carry a black powder pistol to the Capitol because black powder pistols, according to Texas law, are not weapons, and they're not guns. Therefore, they are legal to carry absolutely anywhere. And that was put into place by a guy by the name of Jerry Patterson, primarily to protect people that work in these uh, Wild West reenactment situations, you know, where they would they'd have black powder pistols firing blanks. But yet, up in Austin, the Region 7 DPS, headed by Colonel McCraw, 
And of course, the uh, the palace guard, the chief of the palace guard, Captain Rolando Rivas, Captain Rolando Rivas was arresting people that were carrying black powder pistols. And if you go to the Doc Green YouTube channel, you'd have to look back because it's now three years old, but you can see video of the bulls up there with the badges and guns forcibly throwing a Texas citizen face down on the ground, putting a knee in his back, cracking his rib, and then dragging him off because he dared to wear a toy gun to the Capitol. And he was just sitting on the ground next to the tree listening to some speeches that were being made. This in the early days when we used to go up there and it would be 19 or 20 of us and we'd, we'd have a rally. Not like today when, uh, when we see people at our rallies uh, numbering in the hundreds. Uh, in fact, I've seen Michelle Bakke on there earlier. She was at the last rally. But if you've ever seen that video, it will just make you very angry. So we are trying to, we were trying to get open carry back then. We got open carry. We almost didn't get it. Uh, even though it was in the Republican Party platform that this must be a priority, Lieutenant Dan, that would be the Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Lieutenant Dan, uh, initially said, oh, we just don't have the votes for it. We're going to have to drop it. Well, then he discovered guys like Terry Holcomb with Texas Carey, the open carry preacher, as he's known down here, and guys like C.J. Grisham, a man who was present during the first Army massacre at Fort Hood, and his organization is called Open Carry Texas. Now, I'm a proud dues-paying member of both of those groups. I've set it up for an automatic deduction every month to both of those groups, because I believe in what they do. And I strongly urge all of you to take your NRA money, whatever you're giving to the NRA, and if you're a Texan, give it to Texas Carry. If you're a Texan, give it to Open Carry. Gosh, even if you're not a Texan, join something good, because whatever we get in Texas is eventually going to spread out everywhere else anyway. So those guys started showing up at the Capitol on a fact. Been pretty much a daily basis, knocking on doors. And then all of a sudden, this thing gets back on the list, something we had to vote for. Now, we were working for constitutional carry, and we had some Texas legislators that were willing to do that law. But the fact of the matter is, the rhino-in-chief, Joe Strauss, hates the very idea that a Texan might be able to defend himself. It, it, it just, oh, it irks him. It irks him, because he's a rhino gino tino That is... He is a Republican in name only. He votes with Democrats most of the time. He gives plum positions to Democrats for uh, uh, legislative uh, chairmanships, even though we have a full Republican majority here in Texas. And when some issues came up where they were defacing uh, Jewish uh, monuments and whatnot over in San Antonio, he didn't stand up for the Jews. Therefore, he is a Jew in name only, last name Strauss. And certainly he's a Texan in name only because he does not have the Texas spirit. He does not stand up for Texas at any point in time. He's kind of like our governor. Yeah, he's kind of like our governor. Doesn't stand up for Texas. Our governor is too busy selling books and whatnot. So these are the issues that we're dealing with here in Texas. But what we want and we expect to get this next session what we expect to get is constitutional carry. And we're going to go to break a little bit early, assuming Frank is ready. And then when we come back, we're going to have the lovely, the talented Crystal Lee Larimore, the editor of the Damn Good Times 
on the hashtag amazing doc green show so stick around we're going to be right back it's going to get better and better the amazing doc green show is on the air with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurant. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things that they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that that floor of Houston Headboard.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at the damngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. You know it, the doctor's in, and even better than the doctor being in, we have none other than the lovely and talented Crystal Lee Laramore. Good morning, Crystal, or good afternoon. Yeah, I was about to say, Doc, it's, it's past the afternoon. How are you? Well, you know, I did a morning show for three years. I'm still making the adjustment, Crystal. <laughs> I know. I'm still making the adjustment, too, to not call you between 10 and noon. <laughs> so, Crystal, yeah, first of all, I want to mention you gave a fabulous speech last Saturday up at the Capitol. Thank you very much. I uh, put a lot of focus and attention into that. 
Well, it was a great speech. You asked a lot of really good questions, and, and in my mind, not particularly hard questions. If we had a real Republican governor, questions that would be relatively easy to answer. But the truth is, you know, when I call a governor and they find out that I'm with a radio show, they hand me off to the press office, and that's the last I ever hear of it. I never get a return phone call from this governor, and that's why I'm usually having to resort to ambushing and personal appearances. Mm-hmm. Interesting that uh, he doesn't return our phone calls, yet he answers to the people. Yeah, well, last time I got to see him, I had to buy one of his stinking books. <laughs> well, I haven't. with the I governor to buy one of his books. I haven't stooped that low yet, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, at that point in time, I really wanted to invite him to our next event, which at that point in time was the one in Wichita Falls. And I, I expected mm-hmm. him to show up at the one in Wichita Falls because as he reminded me when I was talking to him, well, Wichita Falls, that's where I'm from. I said, that's right, Governor. That's why we're hoping you're going to show up at the courthouse. We had that big event up there. And we did it kind of like the one that you came to. Well, you came to both of them. What am I saying, Crystal? Uh, you you are an activist. You don't just write about this stuff. You don't just produce a paper, the damn good times. But you actually show up at these events. So you know. And I invited him up there. So we got live music. We got all that stuff. Why don't you come on up, Governor? And, well, you know, he didn't even show. No, he's busy. He's busy. He's busy shaking his pom poms for Con Con. Oh yeah. Well, we could talk about that for a minute. Uh, I have my reasons why I believe the Constitutional Convention Con Con is a con. What are your thoughts on that, Crystal Lee Laramore? My thoughts are that he is not trying to raise awareness rather than money for his coffers. He is. There's no. There's no need. For to ratify our Constitution, just as I said in my speech, follow it, abide by it, defend it, protect it, keep your oath, keep your oath that you made when you became the governor and defend it. We don't need a new manifesto. We need him to protect our living, breathing Constitution that has served us well for years and years and years. And if we get if there is a, a convention of the states, what if what if they ratify our constitution in a way that we don't like? There's no guarantee that they're going to ratify it in a way that we do want. Well, what if and, the liberals get in charge? And Crystal, one of the problems that I see, and, and nobody thinks about this, we get to send representatives right to this constitutional convention, but who gets to pick those <laughs> representatives? The same rhinos right. that are giving us trouble now. They're probably going to send John Cornyn. Boy, he'll defend us, won't he? Yeah, and Brian Babin, he'll stand up for us. He'll, I mean, he has always since the, the first vote stood up for us, right? He didn't vote. He voted against against Boehner. Is that right? Well, Babin no, did. he voted. He voted. No, present. what happened? He oh, voted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He voted yeah. present. Yeah. And show <laughs> because he voted present. He gave us all that malarkey about, oh, my, my, my son's a Navy SEAL. I know how to fight, and I'm going to fight for Texas. Right out of the box. And I'm going to. Like Louie Gomer running for Speaker of the House, a solid uh-huh. constitutional Texan, and instead mm-hmm. of voting for Louie Gomer, he votes present. Sporting mm-hmm. blood turned to urine, and there you, there you have it. And I am sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he was coached to do so. As the junior congressman coming in, he had to protect the senior congressman 
And I am sure that he had to vote president. I am sure that he was um, strong-armed into doing that, and it just spoke volumes about the lack of intestinal fortitude that he has and the lack of caring that he has, and that every word that came out of his mouth while I was working on his campaign was nothing but a lie. And to sit there and say out loud, to crowd after crowd, I'm going to pull the teeth out of Obamacare because, you know, he's a dentist and there's a stick. And then sit there and vote present. And then sit there and vote present. Just my steam was coming out of my ears. I was on uh, the radio with Heidi Hansing at the time we were doing a show together. And she said, okay, well, let's see how your boy's going to vote. And when he voted present, I, I vowed to work as hard against him as I had worked for him. And I have kept my promise. And, and here's the thing, in, in uh, the interest of full disclosure, uh, Crystal Lee Larimore is also a uh, political consultant, a successful one. And chances mm-hmm. are Brian Babel would never have gotten elected without your help. No, but, he, would, yeah, not he, have, he would not have gotten all the other people to support him. And out of 11 candidates, he won. And, he, and you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a win that I can put in my, on my professional resume, but personally, and for Texas, it was a loss. It was very, very sad what happened. And, of course, Dr. Brian Babin mm-hmm. was in my studio, I don't know, I think three times during that election. And I got him there, and that was because you were, everyone believed in me, and everyone believed the words that were coming out of his mouth. And, it, and I am sad to say, and our governor's doing the same thing to us. You know, he's just giving us a lot of lip service, and he's doing no real public service. Well, you know, I hate to admit it, but if, if Crystal if Crystal calls me and says, hey, I have a candidate I'd like to get on, yeah, I, you know, she, she's got priority. I will put that candidate on. So, mm-hmm. and it's not because not yep. you're cute either, but because you're really good at what you do. And, and generally, I know you try to vet these people. I know you are a liberty, liberty-oriented person. And Absolutely. if you weren't, you would not be coming to these events that we do. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good event. Um, I have watched all the video. Um, everyone spoke with passion. It was an event to have a word with the governor. I would like for us next time that we do an event to be able to do it when the governor is in the house. <laughs> well, Instead yeah, we didn't have that luxury. We were thinking that if we did this on Labor Day weekend, that we would have a huge crowd. We really were hoping that we might have 500 people at this event. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so we're doing free music and uh, mm-hmm. and great speech. I mean, golly, the speaker list was outstanding. It was outstanding. But it's Labor Day weekend, and a lot of families go on vacation, and they go away, and it's a long weekend for everyone. And not everyone is, uh, you know, as as free to be activists as we are. Well, sad but true. Um, well, Crystal, it, it, it takes a lot of work to be an activist. It does, and and you spend your own money. You go to these places. I mean, you do more mm-hmm. stuff than I do, quite frankly. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. that uh, frequently when I do an event, you are there because you care, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so grateful for that. I want to make a commercial oh. once again. Guys, get your copy of The Damn Good Times. Have it delivered to your house. It's only 50 bucks a year. And you can do that by going to damngoodtimes.com, and you can sign up right there. Or, Did I get that right, Crystal? Or by, calling, or by calling our new office number, 832-864-2369. 832-864-2369. 
Yes, sir. Well, call that number now. I do, I do this to Doc often. I, I change things up on him. <laughs> Keep me guessing. Hey, I wanted to play a little bit of video here for you, a little bit of audio, and I wanted to get your reaction to this, Crystal Lee Larimore. She, she had no idea what we're going to talk about today on the show, so I'm ambushing her, but um, I, <laughs> I assume you can hear this. We'll find out if we can, but uh, I recorded okay. this this morning. You'll only hear it here on the Doc Green Show. And uh, so here we go. It's Hillary Clinton up first. I did not email any um, classified material to anyone on my email. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. There is no classified material. Well, that wasn't true, so then she changed her story to this. I did not send classified material, and I did not receive any material that was marked or designated classified. Turns out that wasn't true either, so she changed her excuse last night to this new one. Classified material has a header which says top secret, secret, confidential. None of the emails sent or received by me had such a header. Okay, so that's her new defense. There were no headers. Let's talk to Fox News Senior Judicial Analyst Andrew Napolitano, who is not buying it. Well, I'm not buying it for two reasons. One, it's factually incorrect. There were some emails marked top secret, and there were some marked SAP, which stands for Select Access Privilege. Okay. The highest species of top secret. So secret you had to enter in a special code to receive it, a special code to open it and read it, a special code to retain it, and a special code to send it on. And she knows that. But more important, Steve, and, and this keeps getting mixed in the weeds of the law. Right. On her first day in office, Mrs. Clinton received a two and a half hour tutorial from two FBI agents, just the two FBI agents and her on her legal obligation for recognizing state secrets and for preserving them. Right. At the end of that tutorial, she signed a two-page oath, under oath, swearing that she understood her obligation to recognize secret material, whether it has a header on it or not. But Judge, didn't she tell the FBI, I don't remember those things? She did. She did tell me. I don't remember because in, of my concussion. Correct. FBI, in, in her interrogation, so far as we can tell, because portions of it were redacted, did not confront her with this document. The public document, you get it online, anybody anybody can read it. Sure. When she took this uh, oath. The FBI, in my view, should have been more aggressive with her. But her answer to Matt Lauer last night was profoundly disingenuous and highly misleading. Well, but it's her latest defense, and when you think about it, what was revealed in an email that we saw a couple of months ago was she was talking to Jake Sullivan, uh, who was one of her assistants at the Department of State, and they were talking about how they didn't have a secure machine or something like that, and so she told him, well, if you can't fix it, just send it without the headers. She said, send it with uh, the uh, strictly right. classification markings off of it. And, and use your, use Take your home the facts. Off. Right. That shows a willingness to expose national security secrets to a non-secure venue. That shows intent. And again, espionage, the failure to secure state secrets, is a crime that doesn't require the government to show intent. It, isn't it fair to conclude, with all the different um, uh, justifications and explanations she's given, with all the FBI found that she was reckless in her concern for whether or not she was securing state secrets, and that's the standard sure. for proving guilt, recklessness. 
And I think she revealed in her face some extreme discomfort because she's being deceptive yet again. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. You if you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor. I did not email any um, classified material to anyone on my email. I did not have. So, Crystal, what do you what do you think? There is no classified material. I did not inhale. Yeah. I did not send. I did not. I just did not. I did not inhale. I did not. The fact that Hillary Clinton is on the ballot to be president of the United States of America is proof that we are not united. There is a clear divide between those in office and those that put them there. Well, is this not a clear case? And I case? don't understand why we keep putting people in office that we wouldn't trust with our own bank accounts, with the lives of our own children, or our own property. If you can't trust them, don't put them in office. Well, that's the way I look at it, and I can't understand uh, how how this even. I mean, it's one of those things where everything is completely upside down. I mean, everything. And I don't is, know how to get it through to the people that everything is completely upside down, and Donald Trump is not our savior. Well, Donald Trump may not be our savior, but what is your option? <laughs> uh, it's like I posted yesterday on Facebook, and, and I, I just be very plain with everybody. You either get behind Donald Trump or you can kiss your behind goodbye. Uh, you're not going to get I a second chance. Him. There are no yeah, other options. Yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind that I'm voting for Donald Trump. I will not undervote, and I will not not vote. If people died died to give me the right to vote people continue to die so that i still have that you know that one right that i have people have shed blood over that you know i am going to vote and especially as a woman i mean we haven't been allowed to vote as long as men have been allowed to vote so i will vote because i will want to bet <laughs> well that's it and i say if you don't vote you got no right to talk um, yeah. What I'm worried about, Crystal Lee Larimore, and, and you've heard some of the stuff that's been covered on Raging Elephants Radio about the voter fraud here in Texas being perpetrated oh. by the Republicans. The oh, question no. is, is there going to be a fair and equitable and honest vote, Crystal Lee Larimore? I doubt it. That's what I'm afraid of. And... I mean, I say if there's a fair, honest, and equitable vote, Donald Trump wins this thing by 10 points. That's right. My father is a truck driver. My grandfather was a truck driver. My uncle was a truck driver. I come from, I am a trucker's daughter. When you hear me, you know, when I say, when I accidentally say a bad word, I just, I'm a trucker's daughter. And my dad never has cussed, and he takes a little bit of offense with that. And I'm like, it's the only way I know how to explain it, either that or I have to blame it on the Marine Corps. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> they they rubbed off on me the two years that uh, that I served them in in um, Iraq. Yeah, but I was going to say I, perhaps, uh, your time with the State Department. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Crystal's been I around, just, guys. Uh, she knows some stuff. That's why I got her on the show. But when my father told me, as hard as I worked for Ted Cruz. As hard as I was, I was in it to win it for Ted. I had his father at many different 
um, events. I've, uh, I almost said I spent many nights with his father, and that wasn't going to come out correctly. Uh, what I meant to say was <laughs> his father has stayed in my home. He has stayed in the home of my friends, and I really was in it to win it. And my dad called, and he and I said, did you vote? And he goes, I did. And well, I I like well, Ted Cruz's who did father. you vote for? I gave Ted Cruz a very nice check on two occasions, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, because I believe in Ted Cruz, I believe in him less mm-hmm. now than I used to. But uh, nonetheless, know. Ted Cruz quit, and quitters never win. And now we have Donald Trump, and yeah. we've got and to get father... Donald Trump. I cannot stress the importance yeah. of that. And like you said, there can't be an undervote. I I am praying to God even the Apostle Claver, for all of his bluster, is going to go out there and he's going to pull the handle uh, for Donald Trump. He will. He has to. When when my father told me that he voted for Donald Trump, and he said, I know, I know you are supporting Ted Cruz. He says, but, and these are my dad's words, but damn it, I like him. I like what he has to say. And the reason for that is because Donald Trump says what we want to say, and he says it in the fashion that we want to say. And Donald exactly. Trump is more like your average redneck American, um, you know, we pulled ourselves up from the bootstraps and we're full of grit and determination, and we are Texas. And he is, and, and that, that's who he, 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 he um, panders. And identifies with, and those of us who are like that, identify with the way Trump is getting across his message. And it's not just Texans. It's Kentuckians. It's people in Wyoming. It's people in Colorado. It's people all across the United States. You know, redneck, redneck rising. You know, I mean, he is, hopefully he does and means the words that come out of his mouth. Hopefully he means that. Because we want him to mean it, right? Well, we do, and I've asked a number of people to say, well, I just can't believe some of the stuff he says. I said, are you not t- just tired of the political correctness to the point where you would like to have a guy that would just go out there and say what you're really thinking, whether it's offensive mm-hmm. or not? And that's why I mean, that's what yeah. I tell people on this radio show. I'm going to tell you what I think, whether you like it or not. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to be politically mm-hmm. correct or, uh, or pleasing to your palate. I'm going to tell you the truth. I also look at I also look at Donald Trump wasn't as well educated as his children are. So that that the money and the and, and, and his father did a great thing and, and had a great business and his father left him a wealthy guy and he took that wealth and he squandered some of it but, but he turned around, he rebuilt and he's filed bankruptcy a lot. Uh, not just on one occasion, but he's also kept going. He is, you know, the the engine that what is it called? The little, the little, little engine that could, that, little engine that could. And look at his children; they are. He has done better for his children than he did for himself, and his children will do better for th- their children. And isn't that the American dream? He is living the American dream. His children are living the American dream. And they're not just sitting around on their laurels. He has raised good and decent children, every one of them. Well, that's what I think. And and look, uh, first of all, the reason we have bankruptcy laws is so that we're not putting good people in uh, in debtor's prison. That's why we have bankruptcy laws. And here's the other Mm -hmm. thing about that. What it allows people to do is 
is to realize, Regroup. okay, I made a mistake. I'm not going to be able to save this one. And uh, so they, they come out and they, they do it over. And that's what Donald Trump has done. And he's done an excellent job of it, in my opinion. So I have nothing but respect for the guy. Here's a guy that's done things, created things, made a difference in the world. And then you've got, as your other choice, you have Crooked Hillary, a criminal of the first magnitude. And the only achievement that I, you know, somebody said the other day, I'm still waiting for somebody to list Hillary's achievements. And I said, Hillary is better at staying out of prison than any gangster ever that ever lived. You've got to respect that. I'm telling you, but, but I that's cannot about wrap it. my brain. What, yeah. what else and and I can't wrap my brain around why anyone would vote on a woman because they're gay or because, I mean, they're poor. How can you vote? I mean, you should say if you're gay and you're poor, you should certainly be voting for a Republican because we don't care. We really don't care. Republicans don't care. We're not. We're not. We don't want to be in your bedroom. We don't want to give you special privileges because you are or you aren't, or because you're poor or rich. We want the law to be applied the same across the land. Well, that's what we're trying to get, and uh, and of course, I also want to welcome uh, Andrew Bennett and uh, Jerry uh, Dowden to the uh, chat this morning. And uh, he said, yeah, he's run 547 businesses, and he's had four bankruptcies. That's kind of an impressive, <laughs> an impressive track record, if you ask me, as opposed to Hillary, who has never done anything but suck on the public tit. That's right. So, and, and given speeches to special interest groups so that she can take money so that she can give them access. Like Goldman Sachs? I mean, oh, yeah. Like yeah. Goldman Sachs that has banned mm-hmm. contributions from its uh, employees to Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, all you have to do is look at who's banning contributions to Donald Trump, and and you need to quit doing business with those people. We've got a lot of very serious problems here, guys, and they're not going to go away if you elect Hillary. In fact, now this is just Doc Green talking. Okay, this is just what I think. I think you elect Hillary... I think in, in the 12 to 18 months, uh, the United States map will have been altered incredibly. Uh, you'll look at that map and mm-hmm. see what is in the United States. I think there'll be nothing left. I don't know that uh, Crystal would agree with me, but we don't live in a static environment. The United States has not always been. The United States will not always be. And we live in a jungle full of wild animals that really would like to eat us. And if you continue with Hillary... Some of them are going to start chewing. What are your thoughts on that, Crystal Lee Larimore? Well, I'll tell you that my thoughts are this. My condominium is up for sale. I have had an estate sale. I'm buying an Airstream. I've got a 65-step side truck being built for me, and I'm out of here. I'm uh-huh. on the open road. I, I, I will be living off of the grid. I, I will have – I mean, I'm not and, – and, and listen, I come from a long line of military – uh, my, my entire family has served in the military, and we have served in every single war in one capacity or another. I have family members that still work for aerospace and, and for government contracting companies, and they check every day to see if there's been an EMP. Um, huh. they, have, they have counseled me and schooled me for years to be prepared, and I just didn't take them seriously until one event happened. And that was the blatant murder of Lavoie Finnecombe by our government. 
And well, if that doesn't she'll probably open talk about eyes. that since you've wandered off the reservation. Uh, Lavoy Finnicum, yes. here's a guy that's the husband of one wife, has got uh, 11 or ch- 12 children, and he owns a ranch. He's worked hard his whole life. I think his most serious offense was perhaps a traffic ticket. And yet he goes up to Oregon to point out, using his First Amendment right of freedom of speech, he goes up to Oregon to point out that the federal government is in violation of Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen of the federal government of the federal law that says Washington, the federal government can own, well, they can own a fort, they can own a seaport, they can own an armory, they have legal jurisdiction over ten square miles in Washington D.C. And somebody needs to get out a ruler and check that. And that's it. Now, the law hasn't changed, and LaVoy Finnegan was pointing that out. And for this, they set up a roadblock to prevent him from reaching his, his uh, destination, which was the sheriff, where he had an invitation to talk to that sheriff. And they set up a dead man roadblock, an illegal roadblock, and nine or ten government contractors with snipers in the trees shot LaVoy Finnegan three times. He fell down in the snow. They shot him six more times, and 30 minutes later had still not even walked up to his body to see if he needed help. That's what happened to Lavoy Finnicum. That is what our federal government did. They, to knew he did. they knew he did not need help. They knew that he was dead. And everybody goes, yeah, but he was reaching for a gun. No, he was reaching towards his hip where he was shot. Yeah, where he the first shot He was grabbing the place where, he, where the first bullet hit. And he and, was doing something very legal. He was in a car driving on a United States a road owned by the United States of America, basically owned by taxpayers, headed to a legal meeting. Yes, with a sheriff. He was on his way to law enforcement. Why would to you me, not? That's right. To me, illegal. Yeah. Why wouldn't you wait unless and let him, the sheriff, sheriff was, arrest him? I mean, was the sheriff in on it? Did the sheriff call him? Was it a decoy? It was. I mean, how, has anybody looked into that? Is the sheriff innocent in this in this case, or did the sheriff call him and get him out there? How did they know where he was going and what he would be doing? I have and done an eighteen-year-old. They had they had his have phone an eighteen-year-old child in the car. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did, we did. We did. We're chasing rabbits. Car. Yeah, we are chasing rabbits. But yes, I believe that there will be utter chaos in America. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I will be prepared for it. And they did set up that as road best as I can be. Area where they knew that cell phones would not work. They did not want him being able to communicate with the outside world or do what I'm doing now live on Facebook, live video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, now we know the federal government will kill us. Uh, I was talking earlier with uh, my good friend, uh, Doc Krupa. We know the te- state of Texas government uh, destroyed his medical practice, frog-marched him out of his medical practice for allegedly uh, simulating a legal document uh, where they simply were asking a judge to explain his decision not to hear a case where a woman was having her ranch stolen by an illegal alien. And the judge refused to hear that case, so they, they actually sent in paperwork said, we want you to come and testify to us as to why you're not helping her. And for this... They uh, arrested her, they arrested him, charged him with a fake crime, and in his case, ruined his medical practice, put him on probation. And in the case of uh, Susie Kamek, they just arrested her. She spent 60 days in the county jail because she would not sign the paperwork for her probation. Because she said, I I didn't do anything wrong. 
I didn't do anything wrong. You're not putting me on, on probation so that I can, uh, you know, feed your till. Back, that I want right to circle here. back to the Finicum. And, yeah, and I would like to circle back to the Finicum family. Um, they lost their breadwinner. And, you know, Lavoy was the breadwinner of the family, and they lost him, and they've been struggling. And we're all buying their book. We're all reaching out in any way that we can to help the Finicum family. And if you advertise in my newspaper and you mention that you heard this on the Doc Green Show or you were at the rally, if you're a business owner, small business owner, if you know someone, I will donate 20% of your advertising fees to the Finicum family as long as you advertise with us. You mean if I've got a company and I sell a product and I buy an ad in the damn good times at the ridiculous low prices that you charge, you're going to give 20% of that to the Finicum family? I am, and our newspaper goes to 29 states. Wow, folks. Uh, and if you're listening and you own a business, I encourage you to do that. You can use the publicity. I have advertised my company, AV Expert, in, in uh, the pages of the damn good times. And you should, too, because that way you're supporting a good venture. You're going to reach a lot of new clients, and you're going to help the Finnecom family. And God knows they need your help right now. Uh, they just released uh, that radio guy. I'm trying to remember his name right off the top of my head. I can't. But he's been in jail now for almost six months, and they released him without charges after six months. And somebody said, well, why? They never intended to charge him. They were just trying to impoverish him. They wanted to break his mm -hmm. back financially. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, welcome to America. I'm telling you guys, it's not looking good out there. Uh, we've got a lot of very serious problems. One more time, Crystal Lee. In our financial situation, uh, I'm sorry, I wanted to mention that our financial situation in America is not that great either. And if everyone will focus on what happened in Greece, when, when, when they had a, the, their last financial crisis, the debtors, the, the depositors, I'm sorry, the depositors, paid for that. You go to the bank, banks closed, locked up, no more money. The feds have come, they've taken it all, there is no more money. And that will be, I believe, the next thing that happens in America. I believe that our next financial crisis, that we will pay that, that the depositors will foot the bill, and that the banks will be closed, and our money will be no good. Well, there you are. It won't be there. Yeah, Pete Santilli, thank, thank you, chat room, for uh, bringing that up to me. Pete Santilli was the guy, just got out of jail. But they never intended to charge him with anything. The full intent was simply to impoverish him, to break his back, just like they did the bikers in Waco here in right here in Texas. Absolutely. All right, one Absolutely. more time. How can people subscribe to the damn good times, Crystal Lee Larimore? They can reach out to us on Facebook, and I would encourage everyone to please go like our Facebook page, the T-H-E, damn, D-A-M, good times. And our website is thedamngoodtimes.com, and our cell phone number, I mean, our uh, office number is 832-864-2369. And our email is news at thedamngoodtimes.com. All right, one more time with the phone number. So they've, they've got their pad and their pencil now. Go ahead, one more time with the phone number. 832-864-2369. Nine. 
There you have it, guys. Give Crystal a call and uh, let her know that you heard it here on the radio station. And I so appreciate it. Meanwhile, uh, looks like they're trying to cut me off. We're going to be right back. We're going to have Rusty Montes from the Valley right on the Rio Grande with a report on illegal immigration. show is on the air. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. There's no special care. It's, It's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. Pet Floor of Houston. PetFloor.com. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody back 
If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead, make my day. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. The show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. That's right, we better get on with it, and that's exactly what we're going to do here for Hour 2 of the Hashtag Amazing Doc Green Show. And we're expecting, indeed, we are waiting on a phone call from Rusty Monsies. He's going to be calling in. Now, Rusty, just to fill you in a little bit, Rusty lives on the border. His ranch backs up to the Rio Grande. Can't get any closer to Mexico than that. And so he calls in uh, fairly regular to let me know what's going on on the border. Trust me, there's a lot going on on the border. So we're going to talk to him in a minute. Allison Faye said she was late because she had to go to the courthouse to fight tyranny. And so, uh, Allison, we appreciate uh, the fact that you're down there fighting it. And uh, let's see here. Oh, my goodness. Well, they killed me on Facebook. So I'm going to have to try to reestablish my Facebook uh, live connection here. Looking for it. There it is. Okay, I'm live again on Facebook, guys. I'm sorry that it kicked me out. I, there's nothing I do to make that happen. All of a sudden, it pops up on my phone that I have weak signal, which nothing could be further from the truth. I've got one of the most sterling rock-solid Wi-Fi systems in America right here because that's one of the things that I do. I am broadcasting live from the selfdefensefund.com studios. And we wanted to... Uh, wanted to bring that to you as well. But I don't think we're going to because I unplugged it. That would be the reason why. Okay, we'll get it. You've just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. That's right, SouthDefenseFund.com. We are in the SouthDefenseFund.com studios. Be sure to use promo code DOC, D-O-C, when you sign up for that because we appreciate the fact that they are supporting this show. And for the new listeners, SouthDefenseFund.com. I don't care if you have to defend yourself with a baseball bat because some thug broke into your house through the bathroom window at 3 in the morning. SelfDefenseFund.com is going to cover you. If they need expert witnesses, they're going to cover that. And it's not one of those deals where you have to go to court, pay all your fees, and then they reimburse you. Oh, no. No, they take care of everything right from the front. 
Now, the last time I had Crystal Lee Larimore on here a little bit ago, she mentioned the little engine that could in reference to Donald Trump. So I felt like I have to play this for you. What's the matter with you, boy? They won't let me go to black up. They say I'm too little. No one ever lets you do anything when you're too little. Ah, fooey. What about all the stories about the little people that do big things? Like Little Red Riding Hood. Them three little pigs, Spike Lee, or them little rascals. You ever hear a story about the little engine that could? Nope. Let me tell you that story. (laughs) Once upon a time, deep, deep in the jungle, there was a little engine that could. And he was chugging his way across the enemy line. This little engine mission was to take some AK-47 and a nuclear payload over the mountain to the 2063 battalion. Needless to say, there was plenty of opposition. Think that stopped the little engine that could? No sirree, Bob. He just kept chugging along. They climbed aboard the train and popped out the eyes of the conductor. And blood and snot was ripping out his eye socket. Think that stopped the little engine that could? Damn, skip me. He just kept chugging along. Chugga, 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 just as the little engine was making his way across the dresser. Boom! Explosion happened. Blood and guts and spitting ass was everywhere. And Bubba come crawling out the back door. Both legs missing. Lula made baby boy. And he look up at me and said, I looked down, and them little bloody nubs was kicking real fast like this here. And I said, Bubba, it's 35 to the next town. Unless you can flip upside down and walk on your hands, you ain't going to make it. Charlie was all over the place. Just me and my side on. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, 
any time. This October 8th, Farfest is back and bigger than ever before. This amazing live show features local music from the Green Brothers, Bayou City Swing, Mike Dodson, Old Man Rocket, Ash, and the legendary rhythm band. Farfest, Farfest 2016, this October 8th in Brookshire, Texas. Oh, yeah, Parfest is coming up, too. I had to play the little engine that could for you. That's from a movie called Major Pain, an American classic. If you've never seen it, you absolutely need to get it because it's a great it's a great movie. I think everyone should watch it at least twice, maybe three times. I've seen it more times than that because I just love it. And uh, so I had to play some of that since uh, Crystal mentioned the little engine that could. And... Um, and then, of course, uh, I want to remind you that uh, October 8th, yes, it is ParFest. Uh, you can find that on Facebook, Par- ParFest, P-A-R-R, on Facebook. Find that. Sign up. It's a free music festival. Uh, it's the biggest music festival in Brookshire. It's been going for years now, and I've been uh, I've been playing there now I've, I've, the last four years. It's going to be the fifth year, and uh, the Green Brothers are going to be the opening act. And then after that, the bands get really good. I see Ray Herrera chimed in in the chat room. And um, let me give out the phone number. It's 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. If you want to be on the Doc Green Show today, be glad to talk to you. Ray Herrera gave a fabulous speech up there in Austin on Saturday. And there were a couple of people who said, oh, man, you know, that, that, that guy's a little over the top. He's a little too radical. Well, I'm here to tell you that I and most of my friends, uh, on the other hand, say, no, Ray Herrera is the only one that's getting it right. It's the rest of us that have it wrong. And I completely agree with him that uh, the time is going to come when just uh, showing up for the rally, uh, just uh, showing up and voting, voting harder is not going to solve the problem. And I, I'm encouraging you to get out and vote. I'm, I'm telling you right now, get out and vote. The election is coming, and you need to vote for it. You need to get out there and vote for Donald Trump. But the fact of the matter is, voting harder is not getting the job done, is it? It's not absolutely solving the problem. So if that's not solving the problem, then we have to find out something that is going to solve the problem. Texas independence, for me, is the solution. I think that Texas has to go independent. Uh, Sam Houston, the prophet Sam Houston said, Texas will again raise her head among the nations. And, uh, oh, Ray's still in the chat room. Well, Ray, why don't you call me? 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. I see Amy Headkey in there, too, and she's wonderful. I haven't, I've never had Amy. At least I haven't had Amy on the show in a very long time, maybe a couple of years ago. So, uh, and of course, Lisa Baki, she was up there at the event on Saturday as well. So it's good to see you in the chat room. But I believe Texas independence is the answer. And I think if Texas were to go independent, as that prophet Sam Houston said, Texas will again raise her head among the nations. That would be the wake up call to the rest of America. Texas leaves, Texit like Brexit. Uh, then America's got to solve some problems. They don't have any choice. And some people say, well, if Texas left, there'd be another another uh, war of northern aggression. Well, no, it won't be, because for one thing, the United States military does not have the capability to do that anymore. 
So, uh, in any case, now what I want to do is I want to go, I want to talk with my good buddy, Rusty. Rusty is actually down on the border. Good afternoon, Rusty. How are you? Hello, Doc. How's it going with y'all? Well, it's going better with me than it's going with you. Um, you uh, you sent me a couple of uh, texts down there, and, and you told me things are not going well on the border. Now, I heard from the governor uh, just this week that he's pretty well got this Border Patrol thing under under control, and we've stopped the illegal immigration. Uh, if I can be as so, so bold as to say, uh, making a joke but being very serious, he's so full of crap his eyes are brown. <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm saying this, and now I'm making a joke, but I'm being very serious because in our particular county of Cameron, uh, the manpower that he promised has not materialized since he uh, made this announcement. The Border Patrol is not being backed up at all. The uh, promised uh, DPS troopers to come down along with the Texas State Guard have not appeared. The only place that there are those uh, troopers uh, and extra manpower is in Hidalgo County and uh, Star County, which is fine with the exception of one thing. While they're catching all the people up there in those two counties, the the greater part of the drugs is coming through Cameron County. The Border Patrol has 50 miles of river to patrol by themselves. The Sheriff's Department has, is so undermanned that they can't even, they couldn't do five miles, but they're required by law to do 1,225 square miles with the manpower that they've got, which would only be good, say, up in uh, Harris County for, like, one precinct. Wow. Now, so, so you're uh, telling me that all this bluster that they're giving us is not solving the problem at all, and that the uh, Texas state rep that I heard talking the other day, who said that we have reached new levels of illegal immigration, he said uh, 5,000 a week coming across the border illegally now into Texas. That guy is the one that's telling the truth, not the governor. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Those 5,000 a week that they're catching, this is the full thing that goes back to, and it's tr- proven to be true. That's only roughly maybe 24.5% of the ones that are coming through are those 5,000 ones that they're catching. What about the other 76% that they're well, not catching? Yeah, indeed, uh, they've, they've admitted they're only catching about 10% of the people that actually come across and this is a horrible situation. Uh, the drug cartels are behind a lot of this. I believe, now Rusty, you can correct me if you think differently, but I believe they are pre-placing an army in Texas to effect a takeover. Your thoughts, Rusty? Uh, absolutely. From the amount of people that I've talked to, particularly while I'm still here in the hospital, the fears that the local people have, and it's fostered in, in the uh, staff as well. Not all of them, but some of them, the ones who are willing to talk. The fact here is the fact that they are worried about their family while they're on shift. And the fact that of other people that, I've, that I have managed to talk to on the side, that they know that there is other groups here that shouldn't be here, but there's nothing that can be done about it because on the local level, the local law enforcement, piece, uh, the Brownsville PD, for one, for the men that they've got, which is roughly 100 men, they can't do anything. 
even if they pull out all their new fancy toys that Obama gave them, it's not going to do anything because there again you have to have you have to have support people personnel and they don't have it. Everything that the governor is doing is it's just washing himself and patting his uh, his uh, stool chair uh, stool pillow to make himself look better for the next election. Rusty Monson. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We've been joined by Raymond Herrera. Uh, Raymond, this is Rusty Monsies. He actually lives on the Rio Grande. And, and Rusty, Raymond Herrera is the guy who organized the Marietta, California blockade, where when they tried to resettle all those illegal aliens there, uh, Ray was there in the front of the line stopping the bus saying, no, you're not doing it here. Good morning. Good afternoon, Ray. Good afternoon, Doug Green. And I don't believe I can hear um, your guest, uh, Rusty, so I, I don't know what's wrong with hey, the radio. I'm going or... to fix that right now. Rusty, uh, say something. Hello there. Hello, uh, Mr. Herrera. Como esta, como esta usted? Todo esta bien ahí? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, Rusty, it sure is. Um, but not there in the Rio Grande. Valley, I'm, I'm sure of that. So uh, I didn't hear your, you were going to do a report earlier on what's happening at the Rio Grande. I spoke at the Texas event about sealing that border once and for all. And I agree, maybe some people thought I was over the top, but I, I've been doing this for 12 years. And, you know, it's redundant to say that, you know, the essence of government is for the protection of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness and putting it back in the box and all that good stuff. But the fact of the matter is that that border is, is wide open. And even the Obama administration has the refugee program going with the United Nations is bringing Somalians and Africans and you name it, you know, under the guise of, you know, seeking asylum. So that, you know, this is the urgency that I was expressing there in Texas. And, and I meant every word that I said. And for those that may have said it was the war drum, uh, you know, it was the winds of war that blow upon we the people. And, and if we don't stand up, you're going to get more of the same for the next 12 years, just like I said, and then it's going to be too late. Well, Rusty is on the front lines. I mean, Rusty, you're having to put up with this. Rusty told me the other day uh, he was sleeping in his truck out underneath the palm tree there, and uh, like 2 in the morning, all of a sudden, here comes four people, two men, two women. They come up and jerk the door open of his truck, and they're going to steal his truck. Jesus. And, w- and what happened, Rusty, when that happened? What did you do? Uh, well, I, the, the, the door opened up, and uh, I came out with my shotgun. Three of them split. Uh, I fired into the air because that's uh, – don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm afraid of, uh, of, of no one. But uh, I fired into the uh, top of the palm tree, and as the guy was running, he browned his pants. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but you now, see, this, now, this is sorry. I mean, uh, Ru- Rusty should not have to be down there defending his ranch. The government is supposed to do that. He's supposed to be a Texas citizen, an American citizen. And the government is supposed to defend him against this type of invasion. Uh, Raymond Herrera, what are your thoughts? Well, without question, you know, that border should have been sealed. And, and, you know, we have uh, the means and we have the equipment to seal the border. Uh, But, you know, it's military operations. You you put up little um, um, patrols out there constantly and everything. It'll cut it down. But 
the main problem is that the government, Obama especially, doesn't want to. Bush was no better, though. And Rusty, you know, I'd like to come after your ranch and see it for myself someday. Uh, Raymond, here's the deal. All you have to do is head south on uh, Highway 281 or Highway 77 out of either uh, uh, Houston or uh, out of San Antonio and where it ends officially. Uh, you're within about four miles of where I live, and you're more than welcome to come down. And now, Raymond, here's one thing. Now, one thing here I want to I want to let you know is the fact: give me at least a couple of days advance, but don't make it this week because I'm still uh, still in advance with the doctors, and so. Uh, Rusty's but, uh, incarcerated right now in a medical facility. They're uh, they're trying to save his life, quite frankly. And it and it's sad that that a great patriot like Rusty uh, does not have any help in defending his ranch. We used to have Camp Lone Star down there, but the feds came in and arrested those guys on pretty much trumped up charges because they didn't like being embarrassed. And what these civilian volunteers were doing was they completely stopped illegal immigration down there, and the feds hated that. So they went down and got them off. So now Rusty's on his own again. Yeah, well, you know, Doc and, and Rusty, and thanks for the invitation. I'm planning on returning to Texas. I hear there's going to be a Red River event or another event coming up, and I will be there. But, um, you know, the, the problem is that the government is the problem. And when I spoke there in uh, in Austin, uh, I was inclusive of, you know, Homeland Security and the Border Patrol and the government, you know, for not doing their job. And that's part of the essence of why, you know, I think we should seal the border and bring all of America in behind us. You know, at the same time, you know, like Texas independence and stuff, there's political platform here and there's a lot of traction to be gained peacefully, morally. But if not, you know, I mean, like, my God, people, uh, uh, I'm an American of Mexican descent. You can throw that descent away. I'm an American. And and this is, you know, going to turn into uh, Hispanic, Latino, which is mythical, illegal alien land. And everything else under the sun, because the Mayans through and Chinese and everybody pouring to our borders via Mexico, because Mexico showed the world how to do it under the United Nations Resettlement Program, and Obama and is right along with it. That's why the border surge. And by the way, uh, the United Nations Resettlement uh, Program is run by 65 percent Muslims. Wow. Uh, they got Africans piled up along the border right now waiting to cross, you know, and they've been brought there via the United Nations Resettlement Program. They're bringing Cubans, they're bringing them through Brazil, then pumping them up through uh, Mexico and stuff. And, uh, you know, so it's a full-on assault. So are we going to stand here, you know, until, you know, we're no longer here? Well, so you know, it's funny you should mention that, Raymond Herrera, because I had that story. I was going to do it today. It's right here. Uh, droves of African mi- migrants are in Mexico awaiting U.S. asylum under a secret pact. And this comes from Judicial Watch, who is a very reliable organization. And they said herds of African immigrants are being housed in shelters along the Mexican border town of Tijuana while they await entry into the United States under what appears to be a secret accord between the Obama administration and Mexico. And Central American countries, the Africans transited during their journey north. 
A backlog of African migrants is overwhelming the limited shelter space in Tijuana, and Mexican officials blame the slow pace of U.S. immigration authorities in San Ysidro Port of Entry for granting only 50 asylum solicitations a day. Yes, a day. And details about this disturbing program come from Mexico's immigration agency, the Instituto Nacional de Migración. And it appears this week in an article published in one of the country's largest newspapers. Mexico is living through a wave of undocumented, that would be illegal, Africans due to a humanitarian crisis on the continent of Africa. And they have saturated the shelters in Tapacula, Chalapas, and generated pressure on shelters in Tijuana and Baja, California. The African migrant's journey begins in Brazil under a South American policy that allows the free transit of immigrants throughout the continent, Ecuador, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama, uh, all transferring foreigners toward Mexico in an agreement with Mexico to help them gain entry into the United States so they can solicit asylum. This is an invasion, Raymond and Rusty. Yes, and you know, people always have said, why do I assault Mexico? This is the exact reason. And by the way, people, these asylum seekers, we're going to support them for the rest of their lives, you know, uh, carte blanche, and they'll have the right to bring their relatives here, just like any DACA student. People, whenever a DACA student is given, you know, a, an amnesty as such, and they become citizens, they can bring up to 200 of their relatives via their citizenship into America. And if people were, you know, some people said I was over the top. Listen to what uh, <laughs> Doc Green just said. Go ahead, Rusty. All right. Now, here's the thing to startle you all. If you go back, of course, uh, this goes way back uh, to the original telecast and everything like that before I got uh, uh, bushwhacked by another local station. Uh, this goes back to five years ago. This is information that I was handed coming up from Mexico, and of all places, Israel, because I do have uh, some people that live. I've got family members there in Israel, and this is what they had come up with, and they'd contacted me, and I tried to get through the media. And, and at that time, five years ago, there was already a block on on as far as information that was coming up. So this now, consider this. Raymond, here's the deal. I've been down here living on the property for 65 years. It's been in family name for, since 1940. But my attitude as such does not go back to then. It goes back to the time when my grandparents from the uh, Hungary and from Germany came into the United States first in 1954 and the other in, 19, uh, in 1892, okay? And I'm one of these particularly uh, peculiar people. I, uh, I kneel down to God. I respect women as all, and they're called ma'am. And, uh, but... I, I, I give no ground to no man. Uh, and uh, if he's if he's foe, watch out. If he's friend, you stand with me. And if you don't, you better back up. I want I don't want nothing to do with you. And so this is the thing. This is nothing new. But here's the thing too on the local level, particularly with the sport Fort Brown Station or Brownsville Station, and all the stations through the valley. These, these group of Border Patrol people, immigration people as such, they're out here on the line with their pants pulled down. They're waiting for somebody to stick something to them. 
and their, their families are suffering. Uh, the stress level on these guys is unreal. I don't know how some of them, why they, as not being veterans, why they haven't already developed PTSD from the stress level. And they're catching, they're catching it in the head because of the fact that they are. But these guys are busting themselves down to keep everything going. And I think in deference, um, at least here for this the Rear Grand Valley sector, they deserve a shout-out, and they deserve a mighty big thank you because these guys have kept me alive and my family that I can say for 65 years, okay? Now, on the rest of it, uh, Doc, I'm running, burning into a Raymond's time, which I apologize for. Raymond, uh, Doc's got my phone number and address, uh, or I'll give it to you right now. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. I don't care if people call me or not. Uh, Raymond, if you got a pencil and paper uh, handy somewhere or a recorder, I'll say yes, sir, and I'll go ahead and write it down and give it to you. Oh, I, I can definitely get it to you, and I will get it to you. We're going to go to break. Uh, uh, Peggy Barnett, by the way, uh, says Thank God you, bless you and hello, Rusty. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And listen, y'all, y'all be there, and I'll say, and this is Raymond says, si, si entiendes español, mira, hombre, mi amigo. Esto. Dios bendiga a todos en todos los cuartos, en todos los, uh, los uh, cuartitos, todos los casas ahí en América y otras partes del mundo también. En, en Hungarian, we say chuhoy. All right? Mm-hmm. And in English, that means may God bless us all everywhere. So with that, gentlemen, I'll cut out. You all continue. I've got some meds here to take. So with that. Uh, we'll say thank you very much. God bless. We go. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to hit a bless, break. Rusty. Thank you, Rusty, for calling in. We're going to hold uh, We're going to hold Raymond over. Uh, if if you've got time, do you have time, Raymond? All day long. All right, we're going to hold Raymond over. We'll be right back after the break, guys. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. 
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The doctor is in. Yes, the doctor's in, and not only is the doctor in, but on, on the newsmaker line I have none other than Raymond Herrera. He is the guy who orchestrated and led the blockade of Marietta, California, and we'd also like to welcome to the line Alan. And, uh, Alan, where are you calling from? I'm calling from down here in Texas. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, this is Alan Crutcher. I'm on, you know, Steve O'Brien's show with him and Doc, and Doc Krupa. Oh, and, uh, okay. I was at I was at the I was I wanted to say Mr. Hare, you know, I was at the uh, rally last weekend on the Capitol grounds there and uh, I want to say bravo for your speech. You know, I I can't believe that people are saying that that was over the, you know, a little bit over over the, you know, kill or whatever because uh, I thought it was pretty poignant if not, you know, I mean, I'm kind of of the opinion that it's you probably could have gotten a little stronger to myself. Well, you know, and, and I would have, but I was like really dead tired and, you know, a little bit disjointed in thought. But, um, you know, what I saw in Texas, I, I saw American spying and I, I've seen the same redundancy as far as, you know, the border policy goes. And, you know, the spirit of Texas wanted to become a republic. I, I was really serious that we have a, a political platform here. A two prong that are you know very related you know once the porous border that's decimating Texas and two you know the, the fact that the federal government is not adhering to the Constitution enforcing the laws that are meant to protect we the people so that you have here, constitutional here. and moral ground at the, with the same sword a double edged sword seal that border and make a statement to you know the federal government and America, because I, I feel that, you know, it's time to stand or we're going to do 12 more years of what I've already have done. And, you know, you have done Patriots in Texas have done, and we're going to be, you know, uh, conquered. And thank you. Thank you for your support. I didn't think I was over the top at all. Oh, no, not at all. As far as I'm concerned. And I've talked to several other people 
since then, and they all agree uh, that, that of all the speeches given that day, yours was probably the closest to a real solution that anyone offered. It is time for us to stand up uh, against an over-intrusive and an absolutely failed federal government that has become a traitor to the citizens of the United States. I don't know what that noise was. I didn't lose you, did I, Alan? No, no, uh-uh. No, I was going to say, you know, this whole situation is kind of what me got got me looking into, you know, what was going on in this country. Because at the time I was living up in up in Arkansas, and uh, you know, so that only happened to Texas. I was living in Arkansas and listening, watching the news, and hearing George Bush get up and say, you know, the border's closed so tight, you know, a tick couldn't crawl through it. And then at the same time, watching, you know, uh, my mother lived in an older neighborhood, and watching all, the, you know, as people were dying off, the houses would go up for sale, and every house in that neighborhood, you know, it'd be on the on the market maybe two or three days. And then someone was moving in, they couldn't speak English, and they'd run a Mexican flag up the flagpole, you know, up, up some, you know, veterans, military veterans, you know, flagpole that had, you know, flown the stars and stripes all year, all the time. You know, it, but I, I saw it coming in there, and I was questioning, you know, I, I was going, no, there's something wrong here. You know, there's more illegals here just flooding in by the thousands. And uh, it got me to looking, you know, it's, uh, thankfully I opened my eyes up because, you know, I wasn't really asleep all those years. I was noticing all the crazy stuff going on, but, you know, you don't have any other source of reference to, you know, to back up what you see, you know, everything else is telling you a whole different story. It's kind of like, you know, well, I, I guess that's the way it was, even though you knew it wasn't. You know, it's a, uh, but uh, bravo, like I said, I want to say, yeah, that got my blood going. You know, that yeah, I, I like your talk. Well, well thank and, uh, you. Secondly, Doc, I, one, one of your, Doc, one of your members uh, suggested I was there talking to him, or, you know, John and I got there kind of early where I was talking to one of your band, your, your band members there, group members, and uh, I, I think the, the name of your band, he, the gangrene. I thought it was perfect. It's kind of it's snappy, and it definitely catches your attention. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah, well, I, I should mention uh, Steve O'Brien, since you brought that up. He's on uh, uh, Republic of Texas Radio every Sunday morning from 8 until 10. And, and he's a really great guy, and I strongly recommend that you guys uh, check out his show as well. And that's where I met Alan the first time. And I'm going to be on with you guys uh, this Sunday, by the way. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, I don't know who you had lined up. So uh, it's, it's right. going to be fun. But anyway, thanks for thanks for coming up to the event there, Alan. And uh, I really, I mean, I, I, there should have been there should have been a hundred thousand people there. Should have been more. You know what kind of drives me crazy? Like I said, you know, I, technology. I would love it if it was being used for good. But watching all those people, you know, all over the Capitol grounds, you know, that some of them should have been drawn in. But I mean, ninety-five percent of them are walking along. Whole families walking along, looking at their hand, you know, with a rectangle in them. It's just they're in a whole different world. It's just, yeah. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, up there, they are probably all up there playing Pokemon. You know, instead of uh, actually trying to be involved with what was really going on. Exactly. You know, like I said, you know, I, I love the technology if it would be used for the right stuff, but it's all being used as, you know, as a source of control. We know that. And so, anyway, I'll let you go. Y'all, y'all have a good afternoon here. Well, Alan, thanks for calling in. Uh, once again, uh, you can catch uh, Steve O'Brien's show with Alan every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And actually, I'm sorry, it's from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday morning, uh, Republic of Texas Radio. So uh, check that out. So, uh, Raymond, it would be good if we, uh, we got you down to uh, Rusty's place some point in time, if we can schedule some kind of an event down there. I've been trying to get something to go. Yeah, absolutely. When I was at the event, uh, somebody said there's going to be an event coming up at the Red River. Um, I don't know what that's about, but either October or November. And then there's also Solis, uh, Solis, um, Finicum. Finicum. Uh, Finicum. 
that uh, she's going to go back to her uh, grazing rights, and I think there's going to be an event there. So, yeah, uh, I'm willing to travel, people, especially the people of Texas. I, I just need to know a month ahead of time, and I'll be there. And, you know, I want to thank Alan, you know, for being there in support of your event and support of me and and for concurring on my speech. I, I, it could be stronger. But, you know, first we do the talk. And then we must do the walk. And we've been talking for 12 years, people. And I just want to say that if anybody's well-versed on illegal aliens to stand on American soil and all that, you know, the end result of it, it's Raymond Herrera. And it's not that I want to be. It's that I feel that God put me here for what, you know, the reason that I'm here talking to you, even right this second. Um, I, I know all the ins and outs. And even Donald Trump, when he speaks of, you know, like, giving some form of amnesty or whatever. When has anybody ever thought about the American worker? You know, um, what about 30 years lost in the work sector and all the devastation and, and the trials and turbulations that fell upon millions of Americans that are now being uh, tossed to the side with, you know, Donald Trump saying that there are good illegal aliens out there that stole your American dream, stole your manhood, your your integrity in front of your children. He's going to get to keep your job in the house that you should have had and the American dream that's rightfully yours because, you know, he doesn't want to deport. You know, the thing about Texas is that there are men in Texas. I, I've been all over. I mean, I've been all over the United States. And I, I, I saw something in Texas, and, and I truly agree with, you know, Texas becoming its own sovereign republic and, you know, here we have, you know, the political platform to do so. And not only that, you know, you have the courage embedded in your bloodlines all the way back to the Alamo. And, and John Locke would say, you know, that we have every right to seal that border and cede from the Union, you know, and it, it, it'd be a moral um, um, issue that, that is resolved in that manner. Well, I, I think that... Uh... I think we're reaching a point. I would like to have a peaceful separation from the United States because I believe that a free and independent Texas could and would defend its borders. Now, we can't keep the, the current political people that we have because Texas, like most of the other states of the Union, even though we have a total Republican hegemony here, uh, that is uh, 60% of the offices in Texas are held by, quote, Republicans, most of those Republicans, if there was any honesty in advertising, would put a D behind their name. Most of them are rhinos. They do not stand up for the Constitution of the United States. They do not stand up for the Constitution of Texas. And uh, sadly, uh, they're like our governor, only interested in dividing up the mountain of money. But I believe that if we had a free and independent Texas, we would immediately have new elections. Uh, anyone that's currently elected uh, would not be eligible to participate, and I think we could get some good people in there and start something that might last for another 50, 60 years, Ray Herrera. And it's guys like you that would make that happen. Well, you know, and I, I totally agree with you. I, I want everybody to think about what I'm going to say right now. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that America is Anglo-Protestant, you know, the greatest Anglo-Protestant core culture society on the face of the earth, be it, be it the pilgrims, the uh, you know, Anglo settlers that came here in 1620. Providence brought them, just like Providence has brought those that fight this hard, like Doc Green and myself. We're not just doing this, you know, to, to be in the newspaper or, or to say, hey, look, 
you know, we, we're chosen to do this. And there's a lot of people in 12 years that concur with what I just said. Now, here's what I'm going to tell Doc Green in all of Texas. Just like the Providence that brought the Anglo-Protestant here, just like the Providence that brought you to, onto the battlefield, after being 12 years in this battle for America, I think Providence has chosen Texas to send the message, feeding from the Union, sealing the border, and all within you know, the moral political platform of we the people, which is the American creed, not even the body politic you know, that violates the American creed could argue on an even keel with the people of Texas who are, you know, like I said, the spirit of the Alamo, you know, is deeply embedded forever in Texas. So I think that, you know, if you believe in what I'm telling you, I think that God has chosen the state of Texas in the Rio Grande Valley as the political platform to send the message. And, and you have to consider what would happen. All of America would be with you. You'd have the illegal alien issue, the border issue, and the right to seed from the corrupt government, a central government that's oppressive and it's outside the realm of our Constitution. I mean, this is not Ferguson. This is not Watts Ryan. This is America. And I think God has chosen the state of Texas because what I saw in Texas, believe me, I saw intestinal fortitude, men and women with the spirit of the Alamo. And I'm coming back, Doc. I want to, you know, go around speaking with people at events like this, you know, and have different speakers just like we did. Because I'm going to tell you something. This message is going far and wide. And it's time that, you know, we land on our Normandy Beach like our fathers did in World War II, Guadalcanal and stuff. We shall not you know, run from the challenge. It's well, a, you know, a we, we can't because we have children and grandchildren that deserve better. And uh, you, you asked about the what we're going to do in the Red River. The problem that we have here is the, the uh, illegal federal government using the unconstitutional Bureau of Land Management, an agency that should be abolished and its current uh, occupants put in jail. Uh, they're trying to take 90,000 acres of Texas ranchers land and we've been fighting that now for two years and our governor has proven uh, ineffective and pusillanimous in his effort to stop the federal government uh, he's he's uh, he's made a couple of statements but nothing with any teeth in it and indeed he lacks the ability in spite of the fact that he always talks about his spine of steel he lacks the ability to stand up to the federal government and simply tell them to get the hell out of Texas you're not taking anything in Texas and so that's what this event is going to be about. And uh, we're hoping that this will be as, success, as successful as the last one. We had uh, 500 people at the last uh, Red River rally that we did uh, a little over a year and a half ago, uh, Ray Herrera. And, and it's right on the border, isn't it? It's right on the border. Wichita Falls, Texas, right on the border between here and Oklahoma. And the federal government's trying to take over the uh, the Red River and claim all of that as their own. And even though these ranchers, many of them have paid taxes on this land for more than 100 years, and even though they have deeds to this land that have survived rigorous title searches, the federal government has somehow now magically come in and said, no, that's our land. But they've done nothing to substantiate their claims, and yet... 
these guys are in limbo. They can't borrow any money to plant. They can't borrow any money to buy more cows or to build corrals or get extra horses. They're in limbo because the federal government's making a claim to their land, Ray Herrera. Yeah, and, and you know, at the core of this is, you know, what is Obama going to do with an executive order to, I'll say, conquer, you know, land that belongs to the American people? This is, you know, natural resource, and our ranchers should have every grazing right from here to eternity until the end of this planet to, to graze their cattle, to feed the American populace, and for them to continue you know, uh, living the American dream, because like, uh, when you look at these ranchers, people, uh, you know, every time I look at the Bundys or Lavoie and everything, or, you know, Chalice, you know, this is America. This is inner America. This is middle. This is the real America. I mean, these are the people that live on the ranch that, that are wave the flag, red, white, and blue and fought at the Alamo and fought, you know, and other battles just on our continent. You know, uh, when you look at the Wild West and you, you look at Texas, Arizona, we wouldn't be where we're at if it wasn't for their ancestors that came before them. And for the government to take their grazing land or even challenge them, if anything, they should lower their taxes and make more land av- available to them. Here, here. It's not their country. It's not their land. You know, and you know what happened in Mexico with NAFTA? Well, the, yeah. the same thing happened in reverse, and the people that were raising corn, you know, the main staple of Mexico for centuries, were thrown into the gutter because American corporations went in there and displaced, you know, the American, the Mexican farmer. Middle America farming and ranching is being taken over by global interests and, and economies and, and corporations that are not mom and dad. And that's what's wrong. You know, they, they strike at mom and dad. In, you know, in, in the business sector, in, in the farming sector, in the ranching sector, in, in, in the construction sector, and, and they're going to have a problem. Like I said, in Austin, I'm not going to allow it anymore. Well, I'm glad that you're standing tough. And uh, I got to tell you, I was absolutely inspired by your speech. And I think a lot of other people were. And the problem that we have, what we're dealing with today, is that there are a lot of people out there that are so domesticated that they, the very idea of standing up for their rights is just something that doesn't even occur to them. They're so domesticated that they somehow think that, well, we just have to wait for all this to work out. And, yeah, it may take 20 years, but, but who cares? But the truth is, for these ranchers up there, and one of them did testify at the last event we had up there. He said, you know, my father and my uncle died before they saw us get back rights to some of our land. Uh, but it took them over 20 years to get some of the rights restored. And the federal government basically came back to these guys and said, um, what we're going to do is we're going to let you have back this much of your land, but we, the federal government, will retain the water and the mineral rights. They did the same <laughs> thing to the Hammonds up there in Oregon. They said, okay, yeah. if you go to jail and serve five years, we'll let you keep your land. But if you ever want to get rid of your land, the government has first right of refusal. In other words, you have to sell your land to the government. You cannot just put it on the open market and sell it to who you choose. This is wrong, Raymond Herrera. Yes, this is no better than the day of the monarch and the landed aristocrats. You know, we're displaced peasants on their land. And for the government to encroach on federal, you know, with, you know, their laws, you know, on federal land proclaiming, you know, grazing rights is now federal land. And we have, you know, the rights for the water and minerals. P- 
people, you know, this is the, you know, the best form of tyranny that anybody could show you. And what are they going to do with this land? Nothing. Why do they want it? Well, in the case of Bundy is to, you know, bitch slap, sorry, slap the American people down. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And so the encroachment of, of land rights, you know, against ranchers, that's totally, totally against the American uh, way of life and, and it's against our, our morals, you know, our moral pendulum, too. They should be able to graze. They should be given all the land and water rights that they need to provide, you know, food, you know, beef for the American people. And the federal government, like I said, um, the day has come where, you know, they have become, you know, the enemy of the people. Whenever they endeavor to take your property and take your rights away from you, then your legislature and even, you know, your your executive branch have declared a state of war against the governed, and in our case, the self-governed. You no longer have a say as to how you can live or where you can breathe air or where you can drink water or where you can, you know, graze your cattle. You know, next it would be something else. And then before you know it, we'll all be behind bars. So, I mean, I stand with the ranchers, and I sure would like to speak on their behalf. Well, that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to destroy their livelihood and send a message to the people of Texas that uh, we, the federal government, uh, have total hegemony over everything, and you guys have no control over anything. That's what they're trying to do to us here. And I and guys like you uh, plan to stand against this, uh, this travesty and not allow it to go forward. Absolutely, because if, if we don't, then our children, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I will say, Doc Green, I, mean, I, I have done everything in 12 years addressing the body politic at all levels, you know, and, and doing so, you know, in a calm way. And then, you know, I had to step it up. I, and we've been through this for 12 years, people. It's not going to change until people stand up. And, and like I said, I saw in Bolden, in Austin, just looking at the the crowd and the American people that are there. And I, I feel like I'm going to say it again, that, that the people of Texas have the rightful, you know, uh, right to cede from the union and seal that border at the same time. And that, you know, it's a political platform that's not presented anywhere else in America. And like I said, I, I think you've been chosen to make that stand on behalf of America. Well, we're doing everything we can here. And Ray Herrera, once again, you were absolutely inspiring to me with your speech up there. And uh, I look forward to uh, to having a long relationship with you. And uh, between the two two of us and all of the other people that are behind this movement, I think we can save Texas and and by extension. Uh, America. Before I get off the air here today, uh, well, by the way, guys, we're talking with Raymond Herrera. He's the guy that orchestrated the uh, Muriel, uh, Calif- Murrieta, California blockade. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly, a hero to many of us, has died. And uh, I, I just want to tell you that Phyllis Schlafly did more for freedom than just about anyone that I can think of at the moment. And uh, I'm greatly saddened to hear that she has left our presence. She was 92 years old. She did a lot during her life. And uh, we're grateful to Phyllis Schlafly. I got to get out of here. So I just thank all you guys. And I say God bless you. God bless Texas. But most of all, Texans bless God.
Doc Green Show is on the air. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Stafford Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and 
political events for Thursday, September 8th. 2016. James Corbett uh, will be back next Thursday as uh, until he gets his schedule in line and accustomed to the new addition to their family. Uh, it will be on every other week um, that he is able to join us. So good afternoon, Al. Oh, Melody. All right. We're stuck with you for the whole hour. <laughs> you and me. Well, I can leave. <laughs> I can. Too. I mean, I can. I, no, you can't. You're the host. Stop. You oh. have to stay, Melody. I am the one that could leave. No, 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 no. Anyway, we're glad to be here, right, Al? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And um, a little pressure on gold today. Not too much. Seven eighty for gold. Down seven dollars and eighty cents at thirteen hundred and thirty-eight. Silver was down point one nine at nineteen dollars and sixty-six cents. Platinum was down seven at a thousand eighty-five. Palladium down two at six hundred and eighty-nine dollars. The USDX today was of course stronger, point one four at ninety-five ten. And crude oil was up big today, one point nine five forty-seven forty-five. And the paper markets today, and as I've said, we're gonna just. You know, something's going to break, and it's going to break soon because you just can't have these little trading ranges for so long with so little volume. You have the Dow down 46 points today at 18,479. The NASDAQ was down 24 points, 5,259. The S&P was down 4 at 2,181. 10-year yield, that was up 0.08 at 1.62%. And, you know, very little change in the Asian and European markets. So um, I came across, you know, I thought all the crooks were just in the gold and silver business, Al, or the, I shouldn't call them crooks, but some of them are. 5,300 Wells Fargo employees were fired for creating over 2 million phony accounts. You're thinking, how does that happen? Well, um, <laughs> I, I guess it's the modern, it's the miracle of digital accounting. Yeah. It's a little more flexible than it is when paper, paper and ink is a little harder to work with. But what I don't get, here you have, uh, it, it's a CNN money uh, report, and it shows everyone hates paying bank fees. But imagine paying fees on a ghost account you didn't even sign up for. Well, how does that work? How how do people use your money and you don't even notice it missing? And um, they were creating phony accounts and billing legitimate customers for additional accounts. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and they were transferred. Well, and how many me, people well, were involved 53, in this? Fifty-three hundred. But let me get it. Let me get a little more info out to, to you and the listeners. Um, the phony accounts earned the bank unwarranted fees. And it allowed these Wells Fargo employees to boost their sales figures, and of course, they made more money. Uh, the employees secretly opened unauthorized accounts to hit sales targets and receive bonuses. And uh, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, this is the ones who uh, went after them. And um, let me go down here a little bit further. Uh, the Wells Fargo's uh, concluded that the bank employees opened up over 1.5 million deposit accounts 
And they've also also opened over almost 600,000 credit card accounts without anyone knowing, without any knowledge or consent of the, of the customer. Um, it doesn't really say how it really worked, uh, but Wells Fargo is being slapped with the largest penalty. Um, since 2011, the bank agreed to pay $185 million in fines, along with $5 million to refund customers. And um, it actually represents about 1% of Wells Fargo's workforce. Well, that's, that's they a don't real go into tribute. detail. Yeah, they don't go into detail as far as actually how it works. Because I'm thinking, well, the employees moved funds from customers' existing accounts into newly created accounts without their knowledge or consent. Well, you would think that they would have to continue to move it back and forth. Well, maybe they did, and they just—I don't know how long this has been going on, but this is, this is just incredible. You got five thousand three hundred one percent of Wells Fargo's workforce were allegedly in on this scheme. Yeah, I mean, you got to be crazy. You got to be crazy to go into some scheme where five thousand people are participating. I mean, somebody's going to talk. Somebody's going to expose what's going on here. I, the whole thing is just bizarre. I I really have a hard time believing this is as reported. They're, they're, the only way you can get 5,300, I mean, I don't know, I just do not believe that 5,300 crooks working for Wells Fargo essentially got together in a secret meeting and said, why don't we do this? I think this is 5,300 employees who are just following orders. I think this is coming from a central source, and they're firing all the employees and alleging they were a bunch of crooks, or at least implying that. That's a lot. And I think the fundamental crookedness is perhaps up at the top of Wells Fargo, or at least someplace between the 5,300 and the top of Wells Fargo. Somebody had to be given orders. There had to be a central figure of this thing. You can't get 5,000 people to, to all. Not where they secretly created millions of unauthorized bank and credit card accounts without their customers knowing it. Well, if you're a customer, wouldn't you recognize some form You would of, think so. You, know? you would think so, but it depends on how they did it. You know, it would depend on how they did it. There are people who just, they just, all they read is the bottom line in their bank uh, uh, statement every month. How much have I got left? How much do I have access to? That's all they look at. It may be that those statements are so complex that no, very few people bother to read them. And therefore, if it's missing twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars. Well, if America uh, has that much money, and that they're unable to read their accounts, I mean, <laughs> we really are in trouble, Al. <laughs> well, that's an incredible story, though. But there's, I think, there's a central figure. Above the 5,300. Well, they don't go much into detail, so yeah. No, I, I bet I they won't. I'll is... bet this thing is sealed. I'll bet terms of the deal is that they are that the uh, that the overall investigation and the results in the court case or whatever they had. I'll bet that the evidence is sealed where it doesn't come forward. We'll watch and see. I won't say that's necessarily true, but I'm not going to be surprised if it was sealed and we can't get the details, which to me would be even more evidence. This is coming from closer to the top, if not the top, of Wells well, Fargo. 
They're only paying, Wells Fargo is only paying $185 million in fines with $5 million to refund customers. Now, what does um, that mean? It's a lot more than $5 million. Here's yeah. your $5 million, and you can forget the other, the other $500 million that, they, that you lost. Yes. That's what it means to me. A $183 million fine on a $5 million yeah. theft? Yeah. I don't know. It's not impossible, but it strikes me as this thing is somebody's cut a deal, somebody's retirement is now fully funded in the in the investigative branch of whatever government agency investigated. And what's uh, funny is the memo from the bank says, gee, when we make mistakes, <laughs> this isn't a mistake. He says we are, oh, they, they call it a mistake. They're calling Why'd they it fire mistake. people, though? Got 5,300 people making the same mistake? That's not, that's just not, doesn't make sense. 5,300 people making the same mistake. It means they're not criminals. They're making a mistake. It means there's someone over their head who made the fundamental mistake and they relied on information from somebody above that. Well, that's what the boss says. And so they did it and they're saying, oh, that was a mistake. And they're blaming the employees rather than whoever is the central source of the mistake. You don't have 5,300 people making the same mistake unless there's a common denominator that's over their head. Somebody superior to them is the real guilty party. So, and I found that very interesting. We'll cut, we'll follow this story to see if we get any more details on it and so forth. But, uh, but you know, you, you find this uh, in every industry. And, sh- of course, the banking industry is always one where, you know, <laughs> they like to believe they're squeaky clean, but they have paid billions and billions in fines. And, of course, uh, you know, no one is held responsible for, you know, what they have created and what they have, how they have helped to ruin our financial system, and uh, certainly the the five biggest banks, uh, you know, I believe, you know, they're they're all part of it. And uh, um, so, but Al and I were talking prior to the program today. I have a client who was with another gold dealer, and um, I wrote an order, uh, and it was a sizable order, and he actually sold some Perth Mint certificates in order to purchase real gold, in order to purchase some older $20 gold pieces. And it's a sizable amount. Well, these people were supposed to send him a check. Well, after they found out that he had made an order through me, they actually called me and pretended to be, you know, these other people and so forth. And then he came out and finally said, well, you know, someone uh, uh, took our client and blah, blah, blah. He's been a good client for 10 years. And, you know, it's like, I got nothing to say. I have no idea why they even called. And to me, it was sort of, you know, possibly not a threat, but, you know, to intimidate, I suppose. So they sent him a check. The gentleman deposited into his bank account, and he got a call from the bank and says, we can't accept that check. This firm sent him an international check. And the my client is with the savings and loan, so the savings and loan rejected the international check. Said it would take weeks to process, because usually a lot of your smaller um, saving uh, your, your little uh, credit unions, 
I don't know if I said credit unions before. No, a lot you of, said savings and loan, and you, but, you but meant a lot credit of, unions. But I meant credit unions. A lot of your smaller credit unions don't have the access to the, the federal clearing uh, process as, as some of the larger banks do, so they have a little more difficult time doing this. So they rejected the... My point is, I believe, I personally believe, that the gold dealer intentionally sent him an international check knowing it would be rejected. This is the first time and and 20 plus years in this business and I've heard some doozies coming from a lot of dealers that uh you know where people the pro- don't get their product and you know maybe they sold something or they were going to trade something and uh blah blah blah. This is the first time I ever heard this. And it it, it just is amazing. That this goes on, and yet these this is one of the larger gold dealers in the country, and yet they are playing with this gentleman's money and so folks, when you decide to do something with your own funds, as much as you might hate to do it, you have to be firm, and you can't let them take you for a ride like they're doing my client. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think they're they're ticked off because they lost a client. They didn't write the order. And uh, I think they're making this person's life miserable. And I think it's being done intentionally. So again, it's just shocking. Well, you know, one of the problems you've got here is this, this client purchased some of what some people call folding gold, all right? In other words, paper gold. He got a certificate. He didn't buy real gold. He bought a certificate. And the problem he's having right now is in part because he didn't take delivery of his gold. He accepted a certificate, and now he has a problem. If he had the gold in hand, he would be able to sell that gold. Right? Instead, he has a certificate, and now there's a problem. I mean, if you can take the gold and sell it at the local coin store, you can find, you can put an ad in the newspaper. I mean, there's a bunch of things. Gold is liquid, and you can sell it relatively quickly. Right? But, but he took certificates and took folding gold, and now here he is. He's got a problem. But he doesn't even really know. I mean, my guess is they never sold. I, there's no proof, and this is speculation. But I'm questioning, did they even sell his Perth Mint certificates? Because I have clients. I have lots of clients who sold their Perth Mint certificates. And it usually takes more than a day. And uh, the turnaround... Uh, you know, from what More they than kept. a day is no big deal, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I can understand that. But it's paper. <laughs> it's paper. So um, again, do we know whether they even? We don't know, and I'll keep you informed as this moves on. But these are the problems that will be experienced in the gold and silver market. So, folks, it is important, and it doesn't matter how big the company is. Sometimes the bigger they are, the worse they are to deal with. Go to Wells Fargo. Look at Wells Fargo. All right. 5,300 employees uh, who are apparently, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me, but still (laughs) 5,300. 5,300 fired for corruption 
and almost certainly the corruption was up over their head. So when I bring stories like this to, to you, you know, I do know my business. I do know my competitors. I do know the gold and silver market. And I do know what is the best way to own gold and silver and how to position you uh, in your portfolios. I do know that many of you have paper and it needs to be protected. And yet, you know, it's... So again, but the paper is hard to protect. It is convenient in a lot of regards, but in the end, it's a promise. It's an IOU. That's all it is in a world where all the IOUs cannot be, they can't be, the promises can't be kept. And there's the danger. A ounce of gold is an ounce of gold, and it's going to stay an ounce of gold from now until heck freezes over. But, in, but a piece of paper is just a promise, and we live in a world where all the, there's too many promises. They can't all be kept, and maybe your promise, your piece of paper is going to turn out to be worthless. We have to take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be right back. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the3ws.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We've talked to you about the problem, what we perceive to be the fundamental problem, which is fiat currency. We could say there's and the correlative debt-based monetary system. Depending on how you look at it, you can say that the debt-based monetary system and the fiat currency are two sides of the same coin, figuratively speaking, or you might say they are the two major problems. Now, we've been talking about that, and we've been suggesting for the past several months that the Federal Reserve is becoming increasingly vulnerable to criticism. And the criticism is rising because the Fed is unable to, has been so far unable to stimulate the economy. But as criticism grows, one of the things people are going to have to begin to face up to is the fact that the Fed's only product, product is fiat currency. All right? It's all they really sell. And if the primary product we have in this, in this economy, if we're correct, if the primary product is fiat currency, this is part of the reason why the Fed can't solve the problem. They can't even admit the problem. They're going to point to negative interest rates and the unemployment rate and unexpected economic shocks here, there, and whatever. But the problem is their fundamental product, which is, toxic, which, is, which is fiat currency, is toxic. Their argument, their fundamental argument, is that their fiat currency is just as good as an asset-based dollar. That is to say, a dollar based on gold or silver. And they say, oh, we can run this on, on, on just debt, and it'll be just as good. And the, and the truth of the matter is, you can't. And we are getting close to the moment where the world is going to recognize that fact, at least in my opinion, but not many people perceive it at this moment. Why? Because the Fed doesn't talk about it. Nobody at the Fed is going to admit that their product is toxic any more than the Tobacco Manufacturers uh, Association is going to argue that tobacco causes cancer. They're there to sell tobacco. They're not there to tell you that it causes, that their product causes cancer. So you'll hear it from other people, maybe, but not from the Tobacco Manufacturers Association. And the same thing, the same concept of self-interest is motivating the Fed to remain quiet with, oh, it's negative interest rates. Oh, it's, you know, unemployment rates. Oh, it's too much savings. They got a hundred excuses because they can't face and admit the fundamental problem my opinion, is fiat currency and a debt-based monetary system. Having said all of that, what's interesting to me is we have three articles today, one from Business Insider, one from Forbes magazine, and one from the Chicago Tribune that expressly or implicitly indict the Federal Reserve. Now, this, to me, is evidence of a change, uh, a changing attitude relative to the Federal Reserve, rather than being some sort of a wonderful, magical institution that keeps the economy on track, public is reaching a point where even the mainstream media is beginning to say, hey, there's a problem with the Fed. Now, that problem has not yet been, from my perspective, adequately specified but it's being admitted that there's a big problem that can be traced to the Fed. Here's the first of those three articles. This is from Business Insider. It said the Fed's plan has been turned upside down. That's the headline. And I would say, no, that's not, that's not exactly what's happened. 
What's happened is that it's become increasingly obvious that the Fed's plan has failed. It's not been turned upside down. Turned upside down is a polite, oh, we've turned it upside down, but it's still working. That's the implication. No, it's not working. I'm saying the Fed's plan has failed. The article begins, it says, everything has changed since Jackson Hole. That's nonsense. Nothing has changed since Jackson Hole. You know, there's been no big change. We still have a fiat monetary system. We still have a debt-based monetary system. A fiat, we have fiat currency and a debt-based monetary system. The fundamentals have not changed since Jackson Hole, but they start with that presumption. And they say during her speech at the annual event, Fed Chair Janet Yellen noted that the continued solid performance of the labor market and our outlook for economic activity and inflation had made a case for an increase in the Fed funds interest rate. Vice Chairman Stanley Fisher said the big numbers have been better than they've been for some time. Hawkish rhetoric at Jackson Hole had many in Wall Street talking about the possibility of a Fed rate hike, interest rate hike, coming as early as September, which is, of course, this month. In a note sent out to clients ahead of the August jobs report, Renaissance micro, macro uh, uh, deal duda, uh, Renaissance macros deal, Neil Duda wrote, the August figure resemb- if the August figure remember- resembles the last two months, he's talking about employment rates, uh, unemployment rates. If they are as positive as the previous two months, the Fed goes this month, meaning that he expected the Fed to raise interest rates in September, actually in August. Um, Fed fund future data, however, compiled by Bloomberg, showed that the market pricing uh, was pricing in a 42% of a uh, September rate hike, a 65% probability of at least one hike before the end of the year, but that was then. A disappointing August jobs report, followed by the weakest growth in U.S. service sector in six years. All of a sudden, the chance of a September rate hike is down to 22%. I just love these odds. You know, it's like we should call, I don't know if we can, I don't know if Jimmy the Greek is still even alive. If he's not, maybe we can get a psychic to channel him and he can give us the odds on these things. The odds, the odds. It's just annoying. The system is being run like a casino. The U.S. dollar index has given up virtually all of its post-Jackson Hole gains. The U.S. $10 yield is down to below where it was before Yellen's speech. And the lowered expectations come despite the fact that the U.S. economy is coming close to meeting both conditions of the Fed's mandate, which is controlled inflation somewhere around 2% and inflation or unemployment below 5%. Actually getting what they want, and still they're not happy. So what I'm saying, nothing has really changed. We still have a fiat currency and a debt-based monetary system. Both are guaranteed tickets to calamity. The Federal Reserve might be able to continue to slow our arrival at our ultimate destination, but we're heading for calamity and we'll get there pretty soon. Again, this article is critical of the Fed. It's not virulent, it's not radical, but it is in the Business Insider, and it's critical of the Fed and here's the next one. Fed's monetary monkeying is ruining your retirement and the economy. This is from Forbes magazine, um, a relatively lengthy document. I won't be able to get into the whole thing. But uh, it says, is there any way that negative interest rate policy makes sense? Maybe. Central banks think 
negative interest rate policy will get people to take more risk. All right? This is the idea behind negative interest rates. If you put your money in the bank, you put $1,000 in the bank, and if they have a 1% negative interest rate, you're only going to get $990 back. So people look at that and say, well, I'm guaranteed to lose money in the bank, so I, why don't I go out and spend it right, instead of saving it? And the central banks think, and I'm not sure they actually think this was talk about, that negative interest rate policy will get people to take more risk. What do they mean by take more risk? Well, we'll get that in a moment. First, the central banks really think that, ne- that negative interest rate policy will help, will get people to take more risk. Or do they merely pretend to think that in order to support a policy that's crippling the U.S. economy? In other words, is the Fed wrecking our economy by accident, or are they wrecking it by intent? In any case, the Fed is encouraging people to take more risk. That encouragement is like telling a man to play Russian roulette with one bullet in the cylinder. The bullet is a significant debt. All right, for the sake of this analogy, we're going to play Russian roulette, and the government says, take more risk. What's that mean? Put a bullet in the cylinder in your revolver and point it at your head and pull the trigger. ah, The player spins the cylinder, pulls the trigger, and has one chance in six six of blowing his brains out. It's a dangerous game, but the odds aren't too terrible. There's only chance in six that the bullet will, will actually fire when you point the gun to your head. But the Fed insists that the player should take a little more risk by placing a second bullet. That is to say, taking on more debt into the cylinder. The Fed even tells us that the debt is an asset and more debt, uh, that is to say, risk. The more you have, the safer you become. It's, it's, It's insanity, but that's essentially what they say or imply. Then the player has two bullets in the chambers of the cylinder, the revolver. Spin the cylinder, pull the trigger, and you've got a chance in three of meeting your maker. Okay, then the Fed says, come on, take a little more risk and add one more bullet of death to the cylinder. Jeez. And the player will have three bullets in the, six, in the six chambers in the cylinder and a chance in two of killing himself. So it's obvious that the Fed's insistence that we take more risks, first off, means going deeper into debt. It's equally obvious that persistently increasing our level of debt will increase our risk and ultimately lead to a financial, economic, and political calamity. Play the game of increasing uh, risk. That is to say Russian roulette, that's figuratively speaking. You play that game of increasing risk, increasing your debt long enough, and you will perish. All right? The debt will kill you sooner or later. Combination of too many, too much debt and or too many spins of the cylinder, too much risk, you're gonna hit the, you're gonna have that bad, you're gonna have that bad event. What's the lesson here? It's this, when the Federal Reserve says the word risk, they mean debt. When they say they want you to take more risk, they are telling you what they really want is you should go deeper into debt. When they say debt, they mean risk. The two words are virtually synonymous, right? And if you learn that much, I think if you learn, if you get that much out of this out of this episode of financial survival, you'll probably know more about modern economics than 90 percent of the American people. The words debt and risk in our modern economy are virtually synonymous. 
right? Maybe not precisely synonymous, but very close. Did you have something you wanted to say, Melody? No. Oh, I thought you did. All right, well, now... Well, I, uh, I would, would have had a little bit nicer analogy, but... <laughs> no, but this really makes a good point, I think. I think it's a great analogy, and it just occurred to me today. Debt is like the bullets in the cylinder when you're playing Russian roulette. Come on, take a little risk. Go, go deeper into debt. Go deeper into debt. Go deeper into debt. Take more risk. It will stimulate the economy. That's the presumption. All right, that your risk will stimulate the economy. And I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, this is crazy. It's not enough that you smoke cigarettes, get drunk, and drive. Why don't you do some crack and a little heroin besides while you're driving down the road at 60 miles an hour? Take a little more risk. How is this going to work out? It's insane. And when you actually make the connection between debt and risk, you see that connection and say, holy cow. You know? But they go on, they say, but let's look at the Fed's grand assumption. Lower interest rates will create higher demand for goods and services. Now, this article, which again is, uh, I think this is from Forbes. Yeah, Forbes, good publication. You know, good rational. They said the Fed's grand assumption is that lower interest rates will create higher demand for goods and services. And I'm going to say, no, that's not the Fed's grand assumption. They're treating it as lower. This is the this is the this is the axiom on which the whole system is built. Uh, lower interest rates create higher demand for goods and services. As more people buy more goods and services, more people have jobs. More people have jobs. They have more money to buy, so they buy things. It becomes a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. It becomes a, a spiral that's feeds on itself and becomes bigger and bigger and more and more possible, more and more positive. They're saying the grand assumption, lower interest rates will create higher demand for goods and services. I'm saying, no, that's not the Fed's grand assumption. The Fed's grand assumptions, and I'll give you credit for two of them, are the two grand assumptions are that, one, fiat currency can be used just like real money. That is to say, worthless pieces of paper are just as good as gold or silver. And two, that a debt-based monetary system can safely replace an asset-based monetary system. All they have to do, they can give us paper, worthless pieces of paper, and it'll work just as good as gold, and we can, we can create that paper with debt rather than with assets and productivity. They're crazy. Those are the two Fed's, are the Fed's two grand assumptions, and both are irrational to the point of insanity. Again, assumption number one, fiat currency can be used just like real money. And two, a debt-based monetary system can safely replace an asset-based monetary system. No, they can't. They can for a while. I got to give them the due. It worked for, you know, 40, 50 years. But we're coming to the end of that line. There is a kind of momentum. You know, if I make a mistake while I'm driving a car, I can have an accident right now. If the Federal Reserve and or the federal government make a significant mistake in their financial policy, their economic policy, their political policy, they make a fundamental mistake, the real consequences of that mistake don't necessarily show up right now. They might, not, they might not show up for a couple of generations. Huh? And this is part of the reason why the Fed is willing, or the Federal Reserve and the government are willing to experiment with new theories, because they'll start a theory and get paid well for it. And by the time the theory is shown to be a bunch of crapola, 
the people who got paid for it for originating the theory, they'll be dead and gone. They got theirs, and to heck with everyone else. Where do you find a theory that you can rely on? You can look in the Bible for one place, and for another place, you can look to the Constitution of the United States. If we were going to follow that document and that theory, we'd actually have something we could rely on and probably get a very positive result. It's because we have lost track fundamental principles in the Constitution that we have also lost track. We've become blind and excessively trusting. And when they say, oh, we can use worthless pieces of paper just as if they were gold and silver. No, you can't. No, you can't. And we have been dumb enough, fool enough, trusting enough, ignorant enough, irresponsible enough to accept this argument from the Federal Reserve and the federal government. And we are now going to pay a price for it. Let's take a break for some commercials and we'll be back and get a little deeper into these articles that are critical of the Federal Reserve. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom, and we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. a brand new formula to help balance blood pressure from head to foot, strengthen your heart muscle, and reduce cholesterol. Now you have a professional strength alternative that works all without fear or worry of serious side effects. Empower yourself. Become independent from the expensive drugs. Call Apothecary Herbs and ask for heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online at the three W's dot dot com. Heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula is just twenty four ninety five and comes with a money back guarantee. So get a pencil and write this down. Apothecary Herbs, toll free, eight six six two two nine three six six three, or on the web at the three W's dot dot com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. 
Jackson, I'm Alfred Adeske with Melody Cedarstermon Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What you got for us, Melody? We're going to continue the special, the Mint State 64 $20 St. Gaudens Gold Piece, along with 20 1921 Morgan Silver Dollars. And the cost is $2,016. It includes all your shipping and insurance. And these are great prices. We've had a little bit of pressure on gold and silver, not much, but uh, actually the Mint State 64 St. Gaudens, since I started offering this package uh, has gone up five, even though we've seen a little pressure on gold. And the Morgan silver dollars are at the same price. They didn't change with a little bit of uh, lower price in spot gold. So there are great coins to be adding to your portfolio. So give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. And visit our website, dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. In the previous segment, we were talking about the Federal Reserve and how criticism of the Federal Reserve is rising. We have uh, a couple of articles, three of them here all together, that we'll at least touch on. That One from Business Insider one from Forbes magazine and one from the Chicago Tribune that all touch on the fact that the Federal Reserve is going to catch a lot of, is catching more and more flack, and it can be reasonably blamed for much of our economic problems. They are not the solution to our problems right now. They have become the cause. We're reading from, and I was reading from an article in Forbes magazine, and it's talked about the Fed's grand assumption is that lower interest rates will create higher demand for goods and services. Said, no, that's not true. The grand assumptions, the big fundamental assumptions are, one, the Fed's fiat currency can be used just like real money, and two, a debt-based monetary system can safely replace an asset-based money system. Those assumptions are false, and the Fed won't talk about them because if we admit that the fundamental problem is fiat currency and debt-based, a debt-based monetary system, we have to admit that why do we need the Fed? It's like a drug pusher. It is pushing a toxic substance that in the end will make us sick and perhaps kill us. We don't need them in our neighborhood. They're drug pushers. That's what's going on. Now, They've argued that, again, low interest rates increase uh, will stimulate the economy. And the article continues to said, yet as measured by the gross domestic product or any other standard, economic growth the past eight years has been mild at best. And they continue and they say, this dearth of desired results is the real problem. They have lowered interest rates down near to zero, and yet people are not taking risk. They're not going deeper into debt, all right, at a rate that's sufficient to stimulate the economy. They say this dearth or absence of desired results is the real problem. I'm saying no. The real problem is the dearth of real money and the resultant excessive credit that's led to excessive nation-killing debt. The real problem is that so far nobody in the Fed is really talking about the real problem, which is fiat currency. Again, why not? Because the Fed is the source of the toxic fiat currency, and it's not about to condemn its only product. If fiat currency goes, the Fed goes. Right? What do we need it for except to put out to print monopoly money? 
If the Fed dares to condemn fiat currency, the Fed cuts its own throat, and it won't do that. Uh, where are we? Uh, point, the point, uh, here's one more. Corporations are also hoarding cash. Apple, Microsoft, and other tech giants have billions of dollars stashed outside the country for tax reasons. Not so. Are not entirely so. They claim it's for tax reasons, but I am going to sit here and say it's not just high tax rates that drives currency out of the U.S. economy. Currency is also, and I think primarily, pushed out of the U.S. economy by the Fed's low interest rates. If I've got a million dollars to lend, do you think I want to lend it for 2%? recognizing how many people are going to default, recognizing the risk I'm taking by lending, and there is no tangent, there is no significant reward for my million dollars? I can get 2%? Are you crazy? I'm going to take that million dollars and I'm going to move it to some third world nation or some European nation or somewhere where I can get a reasonable rate of return on my, on my capital. But the low interest rates force me, it's not just high taxes, the low interest rates force people who have capital to invest it in foreign countries, foreign markets that actually pay higher rates of interest. Um, uh, so who sets the low interest rates, of course? The Federal Reserve. Thus, the Fed is causing billions of dollars to flee from the U.S. domestic money supply or currency supply to foreign markets that pay higher interest rates. In doing so, the Fed blunts the effect of quantitative easing, which is where they print more currency and inject it, allegedly inject it into the economy. All right? But a lot of it didn't get into our economy. What happened is they printed the dollars and a lot of it went overseas. It didn't even stay in our economy. Why? Because you give me a million dollars and tell me to invest it? I'm still. You could say, oh, Al, we gave you a million dollars so you should invest it here in the United States. And, I'm, and I guarantee you the way most people are going to think about this, they're going to look at the million dollars and say, huh, you know, to heck with that. I'm going to invest my money where I can get 6, 8, uh, 10% in some third world market. 2% doesn't cut it. All right? That, that in all of this, what this implies, when the Fed is printing money and also lowering the interest rates, it's shooting itself in the foot. The Fed is printing money and saying, oh, this is to stimulate the economy, but much of that money is going overseas. It's being held overseas precisely because the Fed has also lowered interest rates. They're printing it supposedly to stimulate the U.S. economy, but it, by holding interest rates down, they force even their freshly printed dollars to flee to foreign countries. Not all of them, but a percentage of them, a significant percentage. I'm going to say that the Fed might be able to increase the money supply. At the same time, it raised interest rates. It's trying to increase the money supply while it lowers interest rates. That works against itself. It pushes money out of the country. The implication is that the Fed may be able to increase the, the currency supply by printing more fiat dollars, and it's not something I recommend, but I can understand it. I can understand that if they printed more fiat dollars at the same time they raised interest rates, they might actually stimulate the economy, which sounds crazy, uh, given that last December they raised interest rates by a quarter of a percent. The markets fell, I don't know, three, four hundred points. I don't recall how many. We had, a, we had a mini crash in the stock markets when they raised interest rates. But 
The fact is, if they raise interest rates, they will attract more currency, more capital into this country. The money supply will grow, and with it, we will see an, a stronger economy, in my opinion. Uh, uh, for implication number one, big government, meaning high taxes and fiat currency, and that means the Federal Reserve, are driving capital out of the U.S. economy and into foreign markets. The loss of capital means that even if interest rates are near or below zero, there's less currency left in the U.S. economy to be loaned to U.S. borrowers, less available credit, and the economy will continue to stagnate. Implication number two, the Fed claims to have two tools to manage the economy. One is by controlling the supply of currency. Two is by controlling the interest rates. And by controlling those two factors, they can make the economy go faster or slower. All right. But given our brave new world of digital currency, currency can cross borders at the speed of light. I can move my million dollars from here to Europe or Africa or South America, bang, right now. In theory, that can be done. I don't have a million dollars, but in, if I did, I could move it. And given the fact that currency can now go anywhere in the world where interest rates are highest, the Fed's ability to manage the economy by increasing the currency supply just isn't true anymore. You increase the currency supply, and maybe the currency just flies right out of this country and goes to a foreign, goes to a foreign market. Um, that means that if the Fed can't reliably affect the currency supply, it means the only thing they've got left to, melt, to really make a difference is the interest rates. Um, and that's not enough. Control of the economy is being lost. The Fed has, is becoming increasingly impotent, irrelevant, and even detrimental to our economy. The only solution is to eliminate the fiat currency, and that means eliminating the Fed, which is a solution that the Federal Reserve is not about to consider or advocate. They're not going to say we've got to get rid of the Fed, and yet that's logic is increasingly pointing in that direction. Now, I want to get on to the last article I had that's critical of the Federal Reserve, at least implicitly. Well, let me just say this out. Let me ask you a question. If the articles are implying that money is st isn't staying here in the States because of the, low, enough. of the low interest rates, then why is there over $13 trillion accepting negative rates? I have no idea. That thirteen so, trillion is not just is not even in, primarily in the United States. That's a global number. Well, I get that. That's, that's mostly Europe and other places. But the point is, if money is leaving this country, hmm. I mean, for because of low rates, then why is there why is there even a thirteen trillion dollar um, acceptance of negative rates? I have in no addition idea. to even have our own Federal Reserve talk about you now. Oh, we're never no, no, going to go there, but let's talk about it. So I'll tell you one you know, thing. A, a lot of this, you know, I mean, I know a lot of these corporations, you know, the, you know, Apple and so forth, they are actually borrowing in order to buy back their shares to keep their stock prices high. Yeah, they're I mean, borrowing in this country because the interest rates are so low. They're going deeper into debt. So, they are taking the Fed's advice to take on more risk, but they're holding billions of dollars overseas. Exactly. But I mean, again, you're looking at, you know, such a, 
you know, I mean, 13 trillion, I, I get that's a global number, but that's still a significant number of where oh, funds are willing it's to accept. Oh, I get that a significant number, but so, here's a question for you. Who were the first? Switzerland, if I understand correctly, was the first one to come up with negative interest rates. I would like to know who were the first people to go along and say, well, that sounds reasonable to me. I think I'll invest a billion dollars at negative interest rates. Who were the first people to do that? I wonder if they weren't shills. Because why do people even fall for this insanity? I don't doubt that they were. there may have been what seemed like reasonable explanations or causes reasons, rational reasons to say, well, all right, I'll take negative interest rates. But there's a part of it that is so stupid, so insane. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. And yet people did it. And once they started and doing, doing it, it, and, it continued and everybody said, well, they're doing it. So I guess I'll do it, too. Now it's caught on and it's happening. And it's, I think it's more monkey see, monkey do than it is somebody looking at it and saying, well, this is, sens- this is sensible, this is rational, this is reasonable. There isn't anything rational about it, though. Well, I understand. And it's more evidence of how crazy this system has become because we have fiat currencies around the world and the whole world is running on a debt-based monetary system, a debt-based it, economy. I can't do it. Take, it really, no risk. Take no risk. It's putting more bullets in the, in the cylinder. Pull the trigger. Sooner or later, you're going to get your brains splattered on the wall while we're taking more risk. What it's really telling me is that things are so dire that they are willing to take a negative rate then store it as the united states at one point in time was viewed as a safe haven they are more concerned about the united states than taking a negative rate they're saying we'll take a negative rate in europe rather than take a positive rate that's small but positive in the united states on balance they're saying perhaps the source of these negative exactly interest rate bonds are more reliable and safer than U.S. bonds, and that may, that's a reasonable explanation for what is uh, what it, so it you know, possible. So it shows the view of how perilous our country is and our financial system. The whole thing. You know, I mean, it's, it's like you can point, we can point a finger at our country, at the Federal Reserve, at the federal government. We can point a finger here, there, whatever, and we can say, this is bad. Okay, but Europe's just as bad. Japan is just as bad. China's just as bad. Where you can point a finger and say, this is good. This is good. This, these people got it right. I don't see that. I don't see a country around here. I'm not aware of one where we can say, oh, this is just going great. These people are smart. The whole system, the whole world is caught up in this sorcery, this fiat currency sorcery. They're caught up in it, they're deceived by it, and when it goes down, the world is going to scream. But, and I'm sitting back and saying, and we say on this program on a regular basis, if you want to avoid being one of the people who will scream and howl when this fiat system goes down, you need to put your wealth into some medium that is tangible, not paper. Land, guns, bullets, tools. Factories, bricks, mortar, something, gold and silver. Get something tangible. Get away from Get as far away from paper as you can because it's going to catch fire and burn. 
very soon. I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. I'm here with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
with your host, Jay Shanahan, breaking the stranglehold of the New World Order. And now, Jay Shanahan. All right, folks, good evening. I am your host, Jay Shanahan. And this is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show for Wednesday evening, the 7th day of September 2016. It is four minutes past the hour, and I just posted in the chat room, I made it. Traffic was a bear. There was a huge accident, uh, not even close to, you know, where I, where I work, really, but it just uh, it was so, so bad, it just clogged all the main arterials, and yeah, so I barely made it. So I may be a little frazzled here for just the first few minutes. Uh, so let's just continue on. You're listening right here on the America Voice Radio Network, ladies and gentlemen, which means that uh, you can go to that website, AmericaVoiceRadio.com or the AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Again, that's the website for this network. And when you're there, you can get into the chat room, just like Gene is, who just said hello, or he just said welcome. Hello to you as well, Gene. You can get into the chat room too, folks. But first, you have to go to the website, and you have to kind of go through the procedure. Uh, I think uh, you have to email Frank your email address, and, and I th- think even your username. Now, I could be wrong on that. Maybe Frank can clear that up in his show uh, uh, later on. But uh, that's kind of how you have to do things. So at any rate, there is a chat room there. There's a call in number 1-800-932-1980. There's also a donate link that I like to mention every, uh, on every sh- uh, show, and that is for this network, the donate link. And I always say, you know, you should go there and donate $5 because, oh, <laughs> Frank, you are not a poor producer, my friend. You are a very good producer, and thank you. Uh, yeah, donate $5, ladies and gentlemen, to American Voice Radio right now because Frank would appreciate it, and so would I. I have a website, Condition Critical Show. You should go there. I think I put a, I did put a couple of things up on there last night, uh, and I'm working on another one. And so, at any rate, you should go there. Well, yeah, why not make it $500? I mean, what the heck? It's only money, right? Okay. Well, if I left anything out there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can either call in and let me know or post it in the chat room or just sit back. Kind of money, Exactly. Let's just continue on. I actually want to, what I want to do is I want to kind of finish up with what I was talking about uh, yesterday evening and then continue on with that. I was reading, uh, you know, I was talking about, you know, the the, the problems that that Chicago is having. And let me uh, go back to that article because I didn't get the whole way through it. And I just want to make sure I just want to kind of finish it up and because it's going to tie into the next article. Now, just as a refresher, what I, you know, the headline, what I was talking about last night in the second half of my show and the headline is Chicago searches for answers to stem surging murder toll. And, and the reason I really want to talk about this is because it is important to talk about, I mean, you know, and it's not just Chicago. I mean, we're having problems all over the, the, this nation because of bad government essentially. And, and it kind of, kind of trickles down from there. You know, I th- you think about the police chiefs in these big cities, you know, and even in small towns anymore, you think about the police chief, right? And it used to be back in the old days, at least as far as I can remember, you know, or as I recall, 
a police chief was someone who was, he had been a cop and he was old. He had, he had roots in the community and he had been a, he was a beat cop and a street cop or a patrol deputy or whatever for 25, 35 years. Right. He became a Sergeant. Right. And, and then, you know, he moves up the ranks and maybe he became a Lieutenant and then a captain or maybe not. And then he just, ran for officer, got appointed to, to be the police chief. Okay. That's, that's kind of how it was. I kind of remember things, you know, working and if, and I guess the point is that's really how it should work because that's not what we have now. Take for instance, the city of Seattle, we have some stooge. Her name's Kathleen O'Toole. She's a bureaucrat. She's from Boston. So she's an East coast liberal she was never a cop, as far as I know. And if she was, it was just a functionary. It was just a, you know, it's just one of those ways, like uh, in World War II, you know, you had officers that were dirtbags, essentially, came out of West Point. Uh, but they needed combat experience, right, so they could move up the chain and get to the Pentagon and become like a general. So they had friends in high places, and those friends in high places would put them, insert them into hardcore combat units. And these incompetent in, in officers often got people killed. And sometimes they even got killed themselves, sometimes, not all the time, and not nearly enough, because they never really put themselves in danger. They would give them nicknames like uh, Foxhole Norman and, and Foxhole Larry, right, because they were always hiding out in some foxhole, or they would always, you know, they would say something like, well, I got to uh, uh, go off the front lines and, and go back to the rear. I got a meeting at regimental headquarters. What? What's what that supposed to mean? Anyway, that's what you have now in these large cities. Certainly in Seattle with Kathleen O'Toole, she's a moron. Not sure if she's a dyke or not. Probably is, though. Now, you got Eddie Johnson. Okay, let's just come full circle. You have this Eddie Johnson guy. They lead from behind, exactly, Frank. And Frank is commenting in the chat room. For those of you that may wonder sometimes what I'm commenting on, that's me. I'm not necessarily talking to myself. I'm commenting on some of the comments that folks make in the chat room. So anyway, that's what you, that's what I see. You know, you have uh, this Eddie Johnson fellow and let's see, I'm trying to get to the one of the, the one quote. Let's see, where is it from old Eddie Johnson? In addition to that, well, anyway, he said it's hard to, he said something like, uh, you know, the, the surge in gun violence and, you know, he's kind of attributing it to the increase in gang activity, which I debunk. That's, that's nonsense. And he also said, that, the, that it's because the, the, the gun laws aren't strict enough, which is absurd because they have Chicago, Illinois and Chicago specifically have, well, some of the toughest gun laws on, at least in this country. And I was going to say the face of the earth, but I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, but at least in this country. So their problems have to be something else. There has to, you know, and I, I referenced uh, the, the commissioner, what was his name? Boykin, can't think of his first name. There he is, Richard Boykin is a Cook County commissioner, and, you know, he's complaining because, you know, some of this bleed over or some of this violence is happening, like, in his district, and, man, he can't have that. You know, it's, that, that doesn't make it, it makes him look bad, you know, when there's, hey, what's going on here? This, this is making me look bad. We, you know, we got to fix this. And what they do is, and look, they've created the problem anyway, like I said. I mean, you have incorrupt politicians, you have corrupt, incompetent politicians, okay, and, and, and incompetent as well you know, running these cities, and then they insert their stooges, you know, the, these bureaucrats, in, into 
the position of police chief, and then you have these county commissioners, and you see how it all kind of ties together, and then you have chaos, okay? And you really do. You have chaos. And what's the first thing? Not just the first thing. What's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, fifteenth thing that, you know, that they kind of propose as, as a solution? Oh, more government. You know, we need to get the federal government in here. And, you know, we need to have, uh, what do they say, uh, uh, town halls, and we need to, to form a commission, and we need to do all these things that are just nothing but, a, you know, don't amount to a hill of beans and don't help the people where it matters, like on the streets, man, where, where things, you know, are happening. So having said all that, let's just go back. I was a little distracted there. My screen kept going dark and I had to fix something. So let's go back to that article so we can finish up with it, ladies and gentlemen. And then we're going to get on to the other article as it pertains to uh, what's going on in Chicago there, because I think it's, I think it's important. So where I left off was, actually what I'll do, I'll just kind of start from here. The city has seen, if you can recall from last night, the city has seen 28 people under the age of 17 killed. As you can remember from last night, I said that since the start of the year. And all the victims were black and Latino, it's saying. And Richard Boykin, I referenced him, as a, he's the Cook County Commissioner whose district includes, as I said, uh, parts of the city's west side that have been hard hit by the surge in violence. And now Boykin is saying, we have a state of emergency. We have a crisis. Well, obviously you have a state of emergency and you have a crisis. But again, for them to blame it on gang activity and for lax gun laws, you have to really think, how absurd that sounds coming out of their mouth when they say things like that. It doesn't make any sense. There has to be another reason. Now, it appears Illinois' Governor Bruce, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Rauner, I would say, is how you pronounce his name, R-A-U-N-E-R. Illinois' Governor Bruce Rauner, I'm surprised he's not in prison. I guess that'd be his next move, said earlier this week that he has weighed, now check this out, deploying National Guard troops to violence-plagued Chicago neighborhoods. After consulting with various stakeholders, the Republican governor said he's concluded it would not be a wise move. Well, I guess he came to a senses, or maybe somebody jap-slapped him upside the head and said, have you lost your mind? You're going to deploy the National Guard? First of all, they're, half of them are probably already deployed in Afghanistan or somewhere overseas, and so you probably wouldn't be able to muster too many of those fellows. But that's not a very good idea anyway. Here's a quote. We've talked about it with community leaders, Ronner said. We've talked about, or and we've talked with police officers about it. No thoughtful leader think, thinks that it's a good idea or would really provide a solution. In fact, it may exasperate other problems. You think? I mean, that's exactly... No, what? That's exactly what those people need to see, right? I mean, it's not as if they don't have enough violence now. That's exactly what they need to see, is like National Guard troops parading around and MRAPs with turret-mounted machine guns. I don't think so. That's the end of that article. And, that, and you know, I may have kind of went back and forth a little bit there, but I just wanted to kind of finish that up as a refresher to this second article as it pertains to Chicago. And what this article is going to – and look, you know, before Labor Day weekend, the, the murder rate or the, the murder count, the body count, if you will, in Chicago was at 486 something like that, 470, whatever it was. Well, now it's at least 500, because the headline here is Chicago hits 500 homicides for 2016 after deadly Labor Day weekend. 
And again, this is the headline. It's out of Chicago. With the holiday weekend spat of violence that killed 13 people, the homicide toll in the nation's third largest city hit 500, a grim milestone that puts the city on track to reach a murder rate that hasn't been seen since the drug wars of the 1990s. The Labor Day weekend murders come after police inc- uh, recorded 92 murders in August, the deadliest month for Chicago since June 2013, as I said last night. With murders up roughly 50% for the year, Chicago has tallied more homicides than much larger cities of uh, New York and Los Angeles combined. It goes on, the city's on pace to record well over 600 murders for 2016. Well, uh, I, I think it would be much higher than that if you just if you base it off the you know the the, the, the stats from the month each individual month. I think it's going to be much higher than that, and it most likely is. I mean, I don't see any because you know these again these politicians aren't doing anything to stop it. They have no idea how to stop it, and this should really wake people up. You know, if you, if there's anybody listening, if there are any thoughtful people uh, to take a word from the governor, if there are any thoughtful people listening. Uh, in the Chicago area, in the state of Illinois, you really need to clean house there because they're not looking out for your best interest. They couldn't care less that you're gunning each, you know, that you're gunning each other down in the streets. As long as you're not going there and gunning them down, see, as long as you're just focused on yourselves and you know you're 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 killing each other and innocent bystanders. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't care less when bullets start whizzing past their heads, when bullets start, you know going into their buildings, into their domiciles, then they might, you know, decide that maybe some things need to be changed, but only then. Let me continue on with the article. The city is on pace, right? Uh, Chicago regularly recorded more than 700 murders a year in the 90s as gang violence driven by crack cocaine epidemic, blah, 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 raged. In the most recent shooting on Monday night on the city's west side, someone in a silver minivan opened fire on a group of teens and young men. In other words, a bunch of blacks. That's what teens and young men are. Those are blacks. That's his code. Killing two 22-year-old men and seriously wounding two teenagers, 16 and 17, and a 20-year-old, police said. One of the men killed was a gang member. No, really? Hmm. Police said. Police also said they were searching for suspects Tuesdays. Well, not really, because they have their own list. I pointed that out, and their own numbers say it's roughly 1,400 people. And again, in a city of that size, 1,400 people, that's not a lot of people. And I don't know the TONE, that is the tactical organization and equipment of the Chicago Police Department, but I would say it's pretty significant. I would say that it's probably a small army. What I'm trying to say is I'm guessing they have enough people or that they can, you know, skim a few resources, okay, and go round up these 1,400 people if they really know that it's them. And maybe that would, maybe why don't they start there instead of, you know, throwing out some, some hogwash that, oh, well, it's increased gang activity. Bull. Okay. Nice try. Fail. Or by saying that we need stricter gun laws. I mean, I think even a retard, even like a real, like, you know, a real retarded person living in Chicago, if you were to ask that real retarded person, or pose that, you know, solution to him that even the retarded person would say, uh, and I thought I was retarded, he would probably reply back. Because it doesn't make any sense. Let me just continue off this article, ladies and gentlemen. It's important that, and this is a quote now from the uh, 
This is a quote from the police superintendent, Eddie Johnson. It's important that we all wrap our heads around what's going on here in Chicago. A frustrated Johnson told reporters Tuesday, we need to enact tougher penalties so these individuals know their actions will go, will not go without consequences. Until then, you're going to keep seeing the same results on the streets. Now, I don't disagree with that. And I think he, you know, I have to give him credit for that because in the other article, uh, the previous article, I think he mentioned that as well. So at least, you know, there is that. And maybe he just has to say that to to, to kind of placate. You know, maybe he just has to, they instructed him to, <laughs> you know, I hate to be so cynical, but, you know, these are incompetent people and you just really have to question everything that they say. So I think a little bit of cynicism, you know, by, by their statements is appropriate because they're, these people are jack wagons and you really have to. And the city has recorded, right, the threshold of Chicago, several cities. And this is kind of, Kind of a uh, redundant uh, article, it seems, as it gets on and on. The city recorded 473 homicides in 2015, according to police department data. Of course, now Chicago has surpassed 1,400 and goes on and on. While Chicago is one of several cities, including Milwaukee and Memphis, to see a spike in murder rates, other large cities have seen the numbers of killings decline in 2016. Well, that's interesting. And again, uh, you know, but again, things happen. Things come and go. Uh, you know, crime you know, the demographics change and, 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 and what have you. And, and so, yeah, things change as far as all that goes. I just want to uh, kind of get on here. You go over the Labor Day weekend, Chicago experienced the most jarring spasm of violence in a span of 14 and only a span of 14 hours Monday when nine people died. On the city's southwest side, a 24-year-old man and 47-year-old man were killed in a shooting near a park or in North City Park. On Monday, the oldest victim told authorities before he died at a nearby hospital that he was walking a dog in the park when he heard gunfire from a vehicle. The second victim began running when he heard the gunfire and was struck as well. Police department spokeswoman, Officer Anna uh, Panache, said. And also, she said it's unclear uh, what the relationship was to the two victims and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. So that's pretty much, and it just kind of goes on describing, you know, some of the people and, and, and stuff like that. I think I made my point. Uh, <clears throat> And now, so let's let's just kind of tie this all together with with the real reason, you know, why there's all this violence in Chicago. And 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 again, Chicago is just one example. I mean, you can really just kind of what you could pick Seattle. Seattle's having enormous problems up there. They've got this new policy, and I could perhaps after the break, I will. I'll pull that up. They've got this. You know, we don't. Seattle, I say we, I don't live, I live about 47 miles, thereabouts, 45 miles south of Seattle. Uh, but I go there often for my work. Uh, and they, you know, they, they, might, they might not have the, uh, and they don't have the, the you know, the, the, the problem with the, the murder rate being that high. But they have, Seattle has, I, I'm just going to venture, I get to guess, the worst homeless problem in the nation. It's unbelievable. You have 10 cities. Uh, everywhere. I mean, if there's a nook or a cranny, there's a, 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 a there's homeless people staying there. And there's one particular section on Rainier Avenue that where I-90, Interstate 90, crosses over it. Now, I just went by there the other night, and you should see it. You got trash strewn for in a, like a half of a city block. And when I say trash, I mean some real trash. You have couches. You have all kinds of stuff. You have human waste. You have needles, and it should, they're just laying there. 
You have like bags of human waste, poop, ladies and gentlemen, crap, real poop. And, and then all the other stuff that goes along with it, fast food wrappers and beer bottles and, and mad dog containers, empty, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, trash, just strewn about. And then you, b- behind that, okay, that's like the front lawn, I guess, for the homeless encampment or whatever. So, be, be, you know, beyond that, you have these makeshift bunkers and so forth. It's, it's, it's astonishing to see of homeless people, okay? And, and so effectively, this, this, this block, this is a public sidewalk, and people, you know, to get back and forth and to, to conduct their business or to just enjoy their everyday life, you know, they got to travel and they have to, they have to walk through that. Well, you can't walk through it. And I think the city has even cordoned it off, essentially, right? And they, because they won't clean it up. You had this, you have these group of activists, and I can't think of their names, Seattle Clean whatever, whatever they're, they got this name and I'll get into it in the second half of the show. And they had been actually with volunteers, they would go out and they would clean up the, the, these messes and bag things up. And they had an arrangement with the city and the city would come and collect the garbage. Well, the mayor doesn't like that. And he's like, well, we're, we're, so they stopped picking up the garbage. Right. And at the same time, they have a policy where they're, they, they won't, you, you, you know, the cops aren't even allowed to go into these homeless encampments because it creates tension between, with the, between the police and the homeless people. Okay, so you've got, all, you've got government that they clearly are in over their head. They don't know what the hell to do. They, you know, but as, as citizens, and look, I, nothing against the homeless people. I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate them or, or, or anything like that. I mean, they, they are what they are, and they're people, and I, I, okay, fine. But taxpaying citizens, regular people, Okay, for lack of a better word, and I'm not saying that, okay, for lack of a better word, just regular people have a right to, to not have to deal with that. That is why we have governments, right? That was the concept, anyway, as to why we have governments, right? And so when these kind of things happen, that should open people's eyes that, hey, What's going on here? What, this is why did we? What are you doing? Why are you doing these things that we don't want you to do? And now Seattle, the example there is just the the, the homeless mess. Chicago has this mess of people just freaking, you know, it's the OK Corral, and nobody seems to really want to do anything about it, except nonsense and make matters worse. Like the super and the chief superintendent in Chicago wants to uh, thinks they need tougher gun laws. <laughs> Look. I don't want to beat that horse too much, but let's just for a moment beat it a little bit more. How mu- how stricter can the gun laws be? I mean, you can't have any. How mu- I guess what you could do is make it illegal for people to even imagine a gun, perhaps. So let's say a year from now they enact that law. Or let, okay, and so a fellow's walking down the sidewalk, and he just thought of, like, Star Wars, and he imagined, like, the gun or... And, and boom, a drone that comes out of nowhere and launches a Hellfire missile and vaporizes them, right? I mean, is that where, is that kind of, no, of course, that's absurd. Same thing out here in Seattle with the homeless thing. People want this taken care of. What does the mayor do? He tells the, the, the city to stop picking up the garbage. And so you have kids, and I thought we're supposed to look after these kids walking, especially back and forth to school, because there's some schools in the area. Certainly, you wouldn't think that they would want these little children uh, stepping on a a hypodermic needle that some freaking junkie 
had used, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Mayor Ed, the freaking homo Murray. Nope. Don't pick that garbage up. That might offend the homeless people. What? That's kind of almost what he said. Offend the homeless people. Hey, dude, there's bags of poop laying around here. Hey, you know, look, I'm not a volunteer with those people. I don't have any desire to do so. But I'll tell you what, uh, if I were, I, I would pick that stuff up myself and I would find out where that freaking homo lives. And I would dump the stuff on his lawn and see how he likes it. Oh, but I know where that would land me. It would land me clean in jail. Okay. That's just the way things work, man. And it's unfortunate. But they don't have to work that way. This is kind of the point I, I, I try and stress or get across on my show every week. Is that it's, you know, the function or the concept of government as we know it has been a failed thing, whatever you want to call it, for a half a century or more. And yet we keep you know, going through the motions, doing the same thing over and over again. I, I say it's time we stop, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you guys after the break.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
right, folks. Welcome back. Second half condition critical show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, my live show for the seventh day of September 2016. It just turned 40 minutes past the eight o'clock hour. And again, I'm located out here in the state of Washington. So it is 8 p.m. out here, Pacific uh, time zone. Okay, Frank and I were just talking during the break because going out of the break or going into the break, I kind of referenced the, you know, this homeless problem that's going on up in Seattle. And I want to, for the record, I, you know, I don't have a, you know, I don't want to come off as, as, as you know, uh, you know, speaking, you know, disparagingly or, or demonizing homeless people per se. Okay, so I just kind of want to make that clear. Uh, but it, how, it is a problem, however. I mean, up there, it's a problem. Not so much uh, down here in Pierce County. And I go figure. I mean, go figure. You know, we don't have near the, you know, uh, we just don't have as, as many bad bureaucrats or politicians down here. That's the only thing I can, that has to be the only answer uh, as to why we don't have the problem. But it is a problem. You know, trash is one thing. Bags of poop is another. And I would even classify that as just one thing, too, that, you know, trash is trash, whether it's a, a, an old sofa or a, a bag of poop, that, you know, because there's no porta potty or a place for you because when you got to go i mean homeless people have to go the problem i have and and i just want to make this point the problem i have is the hypodermic needles that's a problem uh and look okay i know that you know there 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 are junkies in every aspect of our society even corporate executives there are the, the mayor of toronto that jack wagon can't think of his name wasn't he, <laughs> didn't he they catch him pictures of him smoking crack and what, uh, okay, so, I mean, they exist everywhere and, and throughout the whole spectrum, okay? You got to throw, you got to be able to dispose of that type of thing, I think, in a more responsible manner. I, I, I'm just saying. Now, I, I, I know how that might sound, and that's pretty far-fetched to maybe expect, you know, a homeless junkie to have the wherewithal to not throw his freaking used needle on the sidewalk. Okay. Nevertheless, it's there. I'm reading something in the chat room. I, I don't know if that was a quote from the article that I haven't started reading yet or not, Frank. Uh, uh, perhaps I'll get to that. But so let's just do that. Uh, yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, okay. So let's just get back on track here with the homeless problem up. In Seattle, and and this is just one. Now, I posted the link in the chat room for, and Frank has obviously been reading it. Gene, uh, you can, it's, so it's there for you. And I see Valerie Kell just popped into the chat room, and greetings, Valerie. Welcome to the uh, broadcast here, Condition Critical Show. It's a live show. Uh, it's it's a problem. The uh, the homeless situation up 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 there in Seattle, and 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 like I was going to say. This is just one aspect of it. I'll just touch on one, one thing before I start reading into the article. The mayor, about six months ago, eight months ago, uh, there, they, there, was with, there were these Nicholsville. That's what they were called. Greg, Greg Nichols was the former mayor of Seattle, and his solution was to let the homeless, allow the homeless. I know how that must sound. It kind of sounds pretentious, but it's, I'm just kind of reporting here. They would have like these certain areas. And they called him Nicholsville. And there was one down on along West Marginal Way, kind of in South Seattle, and it was big. It was huge. And they had they had 
either the city or the homeless people themselves or volunteers. They, they, they had a fence and there was a like a door right to the fence. OK, a gate, if you will. And then, OK, but there were several of them. Right. And then. But and, and it was like supposed to be temporary, right, until they came up with a solution. Well, guess what? Uh, they, they never really planned on coming up with a solution. They were only just planned to be temporary. In other words, the government lied. Hey, we'll have these uh, while we think about what we're going to do next. Well, they had no, they had never had any intention about doing the next thing. So these things had to go, and they did, and they forced these people out. Well, when you force people out, they got to go somewhere. And so now the, this mayor, this homo mayor, Ed Murray, six or eight months ago, uh, moved a bunch of them or allowed a bunch of them to live in this space in the, in the neighborhood, the Ballard neighborhood of Seattle. Okay. And the people there are like, what? No, what are you doing? He's like, nope, that's where they got to go. And when I, and when I, when I heard this, I'm like, how come not Magnolia there? Uh, Ed Murray Magnolia is one of the pristine uh, high end neighborhoods, not Medina, like where Bill Gates lives. No, no, no. Let's put them off. Let's kick them over here to where the working people live. And well, why do you think he did that? And this is kind of touching on what Frank and I were talking about during the break, a private conversation that you guys didn't hear. He's inciting people, in other words. I believe that's his, that is his, uh, that's his goal, is that he's trying to incite people. He's like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, there's something we would like to do about it, though, but we can't uh, because the people might not like it. But if we incite the people, that's right, if we incite them, then maybe, and look, man, I don't care who you are. Uh, you're, you don't want a homeless encampment next to your home. I don't care who you are. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're the Pope. You don't, obviously, it does obviously it matters who you are, though, because uh, Ed, the homo Murray, doesn't want a homeless encampment next to his house, so he sent it off to Ballard. Now, look, man, this is a strategy. They don't just leave one place voluntarily. Sure, people migrate and they come and go. But when they're forcefully evicted, forcefully evicted, they have to go somewhere. And, and they're going to go somewhere. And what better way to incite people than to funnel them into neighborhoods that don't want them, right? And that's what you have here. Now, how these people ended up underneath I-90 along Rainier Avenue, because I, look, I go by, I get off at that exit to go to a particular location for my job, right? Often. And I can remember when there was nothing there, ladies and gentlemen. I'd come, I'd exit I-90, right? Coming westbound I-90, you exit off onto Rainier Avenue South, okay? So you come around. Now you're starting to go underneath the freeway, right? Just It was just an overpass. There's sidewalks and benches, blah, blah, right? Nothing. Then, you know, maybe somebody now, you know, sleeping on one of the benches. Okay, now I'm just kind of, you know, progressing this. And and then, now, okay, and then maybe there was like a, 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 like a tent or a, something more significant. And then it was then, okay, you catch my drift because it, it's evolved. Now it's, I mean, this is, like I said, it's elaborate. You should see, just Google it. I'm sure you can see pictures of it. I mean, they've got entire structures with tarps and everything. And the garbage, like I said, and just look at the picture in the article. It's right there. Okay. So these people got to go somewhere. And, and again, I don't know how or where they came from. 
you know, but that's how they ended up there is because they were forcefully pushed. And how convenient. I mean, now this is conspiratorial. I mean, how can be how much more public place can you put a homeless encampment for, you know, except right there, a, a major interstate inner, you know, exit ramp for all the world to see. Okay. And yeah, that's going to incite people. I mean, look, I'm just a truck driver and I come off that exit and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know, this is nuts. I've never been harassed or anything like that. Okay. But I don't walk by that area either. Like some of the people do. Let's just get to the article here. The headline is trash piles up as Seattle rethinks homeless camp response. Trash piles are growing in a Seattle neighborhood as the city rethinks how it deals with a nearby homeless camp and many others. Well, see, again, I have to stop because they're not rethinking anything. They're not. They're doing exactly what they want to be doing. They're not rethinking anything. This is a strategy as far as I'm concerned. And it might sound conspiratorial. And it might sound far-fetched. But it's, to me, it would be very easy to, to solve this problem. It, 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 you know, maybe not that easy, I guess, because I am just a truck driver, don't you know? But it just seems to me like it would be simpler or, or easier that, or that some better decisions could be made. So let me just keep going with the article before I lose my train of thought and have to commentate myself into a into nonsense here. For roughly the past year, the team at here's the, the group I was talking about, Seavest, spelled S E A V E S T, Realty or Realty, organized efforts to pick up garbage along Rainier Avenue South and 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 inter, near Interstate 90. Workers and volunteers stuffed furniture scraps, discarded clothing, boxes and other debris into bags and piled them along the curb for the city to collect. They also collected syringes and put them in sharps containers uh, for safe disposal, which is the responsible way to do it. We saw that not much was getting done about it, so we wanted to really step up as a community to do it, said Joseph Bielfield, Bielfeld, a C-Vest maintenance worker who helped organize the efforts surrounding a triangle of Washington State DOT land where several people are living in tents. A loose partnership between C-Vest, neighbor, neighborhood volunteers, and city garbage crews managed to keep the community relatively clean. But that partnership appears to be on pause. This is the first time we've ran into this situation, is a quote from uh, Bielfeld. Several bags Seavest helped fill last weekend are not getting picked up, and a planned clearing of the property by Washington State DOT has been suspended at the city's request. The city is trying to improve coordination with various departments and implement a monitoring function for the Seattle Office for Civil Rights, as it crafts a strategy for dealing with homeless encampments. Okay, fine. So but what does that have to do with picking up the garbage? Why should that pre- prevent you from picking up the garbage? You only leave the garbage there, homo Ed Murray, because you want to incite people. Other, because there's no other reason why you would not get that freaking garbage picked up, man. Now I'm getting a little pissed off here. Because the people want the garbage picked up. I'm sure the homeless people want the garbage picked up. But you're not letting them pick it up. Why? Why? Is there some... Enlighten me as to why they can't pick that garbage up. People can go out and collect it easily enough and put it in bags easily and responsibly enough. And you're going to sit on your homo ass 
and tell the city to not pick it up? Why? I'm sorry. Why? I apologize. I haven't become a hothead for quite some time. But it's, it's not a good situation. This is government. This is it, man, ladies and gentlemen. This is your government. This is what they do. They don't care about you. I mean, they certainly don't care about those homeless people. And look, whatever, homeless people become homeless for a whole number of reasons. And, and look, a, a, a lot of times it's just because a fellow lost his job and was only living paycheck to paycheck to begin with. Then he migrated to his mother's basement. Well, that, that welcome wore out. You know, a couple of friends here and there along the way. Boom, next thing you know, well, he had to sell his car to eat. Next thing you know, he's living underneath an overpass, underneath I-90, uh, with a jet boil. So if he even is even fortunate enough to have something like that, it's because mostly it's just like a, a sticks, right? Rub two sticks together or some flint rock, right? This is insane. This is insanity. But you know what? The people of Seattle, it's just like anywhere else. You get the government, you, you know, that like you deserve. Is that the kind of the cliche? They keep voting these rat bastards incompetence into office year after year after year after year after year. Mayor Ed Murray is a popular Seattle mayor, mostly because he takes it in the rear end because he's a homo. Apologize for the vulgarity there. But that's what they do, in case you didn't know. That's what they do. They're disgusting people. So he has a corrupt mind to begin with. So he's, he's devoid of making any kind of rational decisions because he's a homo. Anyway, let me finish up with the article here because these articles aren't long. And again, this is from King 5 News. This is a local uh, news station. This isn't a national thing. Here's a quote. Extensive research or outreach is to be conducted before a cleanup, including in the preceding 72 hours. An outreach worker must be on site when the cleanup begins. A civil rights office representative must also be at each cleanup to ensure outreach, to ensure outreach has been. Do you see? Do you see the insanity here? Do you see? So what? Before you pick garbage up, you have to have like a council to what? To what? I'm sorry. To what? It what? Is there going to be like a pamphlet? I'm so what? The hell? Are you kidding me? We have, this is what we have, guys. I keep saying it. This is what we have. These are the people, and they're doing it for a reason. They're doing it for a reason. And look, it's not, it's not the homeless people, okay, that are inciting this thing. They are only doing what people do. Sure, you got your a-holes, okay. But you have that everywhere. It's not, it's not the normal everyday people doing this. They're just doing what they do, you know, walking to work or driving by. They see something. It's, you know, right? It's not us out here that is ramping this thing up and inciting things and drilling, ladies and gentlemen, for war, pushing people to confrontation. Because don't think for a moment that's not what they're doing. Otherwise, they would not have militarized these police forces. Otherwise, the police forces would be just like they were back in the olden days. Remember? Just the plain lovey-dovey police cruiser with a cop who dressed like 
a police officer and not some freaking Blackwater operative. So don't think for a moment that they're, they don't know what they're doing, because, again, they would not have militarized the police. And don't think for a moment that those police aren't somewhere, like I've said before, aren't standing by somewhere chomping at the bit waiting to get that call. Because at the end of the day, they don't care. The government and their thugs, who are their, who are their thugs, the police, don't care whose heads they thump. They don't care who they pepper spray. They don't care who they mace, taser, stun gun, or shoot, or push, kick, or whatever. They don't care who it is. And if you just keep letting them get away with it, and some good people here, it appears in this C-Vest this organization, are trying to do the right thing. But see, and I thought that's what we're supposed to do in this country. We're supposed to try and do the right thing. And then government comes in and says, nope, you're going to stop doing that. Oh, wait a minute. And look, I get it sometimes. Hold on, let's take a step back. Let's, uh, you know, okay. But this is pretty simple. It's just let's pick the garbage up here, and then maybe it wouldn't be an issue. And then maybe from there we can, you know, we can kind of, yeah, and then get some people involved that you know, the, that are smarter than maybe the next guy, you know, and some psychologists and some community organizers, whatever, you know, and then try and get, yes, and then maybe get some outreach. But maybe before the outreach, let's get the garbage picked up. Jeez. It's unbelievable. And I apologize. I'm not keeping up with what's going on in the chat room because I'm, I'm ranting here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me try and finish this article up. Extensive outreach, right, right. A civil rights office representative, right, right, right. Let's see here. It must also uh, be at each site to ensure outreach has been completed and that encampment residents are receiving safe storage of safe storage of their belongings, whatever. Under the mayor's August 19th directive, if these conditions are not met, no cleanup is to occur. The city has postponed cleanups to allow the various departments, the various departments, not just a department, because within government, it has to be various departments that to justify their freaking Pathetic existence on this earth. Anyway, the article's in the chat room, ladies and gentlemen, and you can check it out for yourself. And I suggest you do. But at the same time, this is pick a neighborhood, any neighborhood in any state in this once great nation. We, we're losing, ladies and gentlemen, by this type of absurdity that's going on in Seattle and it's going on in Chicago. And, and you know what, people, and, and if it doesn't affect you personally, like it does me at times, it physically makes me ill seeing all this crap that's going on and, 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 and then coming to the realization, it seems, is that nobody, not enough people seems to want to do anything about it. And we, you know, we have gotten beyond the point where we can talk our way out of this, ladies and gentlemen. So wherever you are on God's green earth, wherever that may be, you need to become a domestic terrorist. That's the only way. We're only going to take this country back by force. They know that. That's why they are preparing. Think about that. That's why they are preparing. So you need to do the same thing, ladies and gentlemen, because freedom only comes from the sword. God bless each and every one of you. See you next week.
biblical, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body.
body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Apothecary Herbs announces a brand new formula to help balance blood pressure from head to foot, strengthen your heart muscle, and reduce cholesterol. Now you have a professional strength alternative that works all without fear or worry of serious side effects. Empower yourself. Become independent from the expensive drugs. Call Apothecary Herbs and ask for heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula toll-free 
866-229-3663 or online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula is just $24.95 and comes with a money-back guarantee. So get a pencil and write this down. Apothecary Herbs, toll-free, 866-229-3663 or on the web at www.thepowerherbs.com. live from the foothills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is September 8, 
that they'll be printed out. They'll be taken to the Wichita Mission Church, anointed with oil, prayed over, and sent back to you at your request. If we and remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally. So pray about supporting airtime. On another note, I want to thank our listener base that is worldwide in places like Bonn, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, Soweto, South Africa, San Paulo, Brazil, Paris, France, Westminster, London, United Kingdom. Oslo, Norway, and of course, cities here in the good old USA, such as Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, Chandler, Arizona, Tampa, Florida, Toledo, Ohio, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, as well as Wichita, Kansas, which remember remains the largest group of listeners to our radio programs, at least when they go to podcasts later on tonight. Now, prayer will bring on tonight's guest. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua, home in Jesus' name, I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, nor my guest's will. So please, Father, give everyone their ears in it in which to hear the truth, in your show, Hamashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, today's guest has been on with us before. Her name is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is both the founder and president of pro-Israeli Christian organization proclaiming justice to the nations. She's also a special envoy to the United Nations for Israel from the World Council of Independent Christian Churches. She was this year named among the 100 top people positively, uh, positively, positively, impacting Jewish life by uh, the Al Jemeiner's, I don't know, uh, news organization. Um, So let's welcome Lori. Lori, are you there with us, Lori? Okay. I'm... She here. Oh, okay. Well, I've just got a note from my producer that she is not here. Um, okay, I wonder what that is all about. Um, she was supposed to be here, and that was at 5 Central. And so we may just have to do a, a different kind of program tonight. Um, so, folks, well, let's, what do you want to talk about? We, I guess we could talk. There's so much going on out there that we could talk about, but... Let's look back at uh, let's let's talk about the current election cycle. You know, um, with things going on, did y'all watch Trump last night? Um, you know, they gave him so many more questions than Hillary Clinton, and but they did seem to drill Hillary Clinton quite a bit. Uh, all the news media seems to say the polls that that. Uh, they're both just running neck and neck, and and I really don't believe that. My personal opinion of this election is that, number one, we can't trust the news media. Number two, we can't trust the news media. Number three, we can't trust the news media. What's that mean? Well, what that means is that um, out there, there is uh, this problem with the liberal media. Uh, They're just... uh, not uh, her. It's just not the media, and so uh, this the media is something else. It's like a um, oh, I don't know what you would call uh, the media is is like uh, oh, they're just liars. I guess that's a good word. Um, they just don't tell the truth. They're all for one side. It was just like Hillary Clinton had not had any kind of uh, talk. Uh, in 
you know, to the news media in 200 and some odd days. And the first questions they asked her when they got a chance was simply, um, what's going on? You know, um, they asked her, you know, how was your weekend, Hillary? How was your weekend, Hillary? With all of the other stuff, the news media got on the airplane and said, how was your weekend? Okay, you can tell who they're in the basket for. So going back to how, what I think about the elections, I think that absolutely right now, this election, um, if they don't take it over by, you know, Homeland Security like they're talking about and, and say something happened, then I expect Trump's going to win by a landslide. I don't trust the polls. I don't believe the polls. I think right now he has an overwhelming majority of the people who will vote for him unless they somehow rig the election. Um, Okay, so I guess my guess is on now. Uh, So you're there with me now, Lori. I'm here, Pastor. Thank you so much for having me back on the program. Well, I'm glad to have you back. I don't know what happened, how we uh, got delayed with getting you, but we have you here now, so I'm excited. Um, You've been a pretty busy girl since the last time I talked to you. Um, I already told the folks that, you you know, what you do, but tell us what proclaiming justice to the nations is. Absolutely. Well, PJTN's mission is to educate Christians about their biblical responsibility to stand with our Jewish brethren and defend the state of Israel against the rise of global genocidal anti-Semitism. We accomplish that mission by producing award-winning documentary films and programs for a Christian audience, and we distribute those programs at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention every year, and our films and programs broadcast through all of our partners at NRB, broadcast to over 200 nations, reaching over 950 million viewers, with a pro-Israel message from a biblical perspective. Wow. Um, You had sent me a few years ago when you were on uh, The Forgotten People, Christianity and the Holocaust. I played that uh, for a small congregation in Wichita, our mission church, and, you know, it it, it just floored everybody. It's such a dynamite video. In fact, uh, folks, if you go to my website, prophecyhour.com, you'll see a big picture of that video, and uh, I keep a link to your website, Lori, because I'm so impressed with that video. Uh, Thank you. Everybody needs to see it. Well, no thanks needed. You're doing a great work. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that documentary is really probably the first film that people should watch in our series because it does go into the history of Christian anti-Semitism, replacement theology, supersessionism, all of these traditions and these doctrines that have that are have no basis in the Word of God. And unfortunately, Pastor, we're seeing a growing resurgence of replacement theology and supersessionism within the Christian church. And, and ironically, it's happening within the evangelical church, which is very disheartening because evangelical Christians are no- notorious for actually reading their Bibles. And, um, and, but we're seeing this growing movement of evangelical Christians, or they profess to be evangelical Christians, who are taking a pro-Palestinian narrative or stance. And, and please don't hear me that I'm anti-Arab, um, because I do believe that those Arabs need Yeshua as Messiah. And unfortunately, though, um, many of these evangelical Christians say, accuse Israel of occupying Palestinian land, but there's no basis 
again for that in scriptures. So it's, it's very disheartening to see that this is happening. And, and so Christians have to be educated. They have to be able to know what the Word of God says, especially relative to this issue, because look, I mean, look at what's happening around the world. We, we are watching, we're living prophecy unfolding almost every yeah, day. Amen. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're doing themselves a great disservice by, you know, uh, using the replacement theology. And that's something that they really, most of them don't even realize that they're doing replacement theology, but they do it so much. But, um, you know, when I read my Bible, I just, uh, I wasn't cherished or anything. And I read my Bible and I came out with the beliefs that I do. And when I went mm-hmm. to church, I could believe the difference in what the Word said in, in the church. But what I'm thinking about, I want you to elaborate on this, because I just said that you were a special envoy to the United Nations for Israel from the World Council of Independent Christian Churches. What is a special envoy, and what is the Council of Independent Churches? Two different questions. Absolutely. Well, the World Council of Independent Christian Churches is an independent evangelical Christian organization. And um, Dr. Archbishop Dr. John Lapoli, who is the president of the WCICC, um, has over 380 congregations, 380,000, I'm sorry, congregations around the world with as many as 44 million congregants. Now, most of his congregations are located in countries like India, in Africa, um, and throughout Asia. And um, his, his status at the United Nations is an eco-soccer, economic and social, um, uh, non-governmental organization. I was invited to serve on, um, as a special envoy representing WCICC. In fact, I was two years ago installed as a deacon within the church. But um, I was invited to come on as their special envoy back in, in 2011 after Dr. Lapoli had been following our organization and my efforts um, for a couple of years. And he was so inspired and encouraged by the activity that we were taking and the position we were taking. He asked me if I would like to do what I'm doing at the United Nations. And I said, absolutely, there are Christians. And that's one of the things, you know, we all, when we hear the, the, the word United Nations, we, you know, our, our, hair on the back of our neck begins to crawl um, because of all the ungodliness. But you know what? There are Christians that are in that building. There are Christian ambassadors. There are Christian delegates. There are Christian staffers. There's even other Christian NGOs. But the unfortunate thing is everybody is so intimidated by the the Arab lobby that nobody will speak out for what is just and what is right and what is good and what is noble and true. And so my responsibility there is to be that voice in these meetings. Now, I focus my attention on human rights issues, especially relative to um, what's happening with anti-Semitism, the growing um, anti-Semitic movement around the world that is being pushed by this whole boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. That's where we're seeing a lot of the anti-Semitism arise from. And so um, we actually have an event scheduled to come up October 20th um, at the United Nations. And the event is uh, titled Human Rights Violations, the Global Impact of the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement. 
Um, we have a documentary film that is going to be um, coming out. We produced it for the millennial generation. We will premiere it in Los Angeles on October 10th. So I hope many um, of your listeners, if they're in the L.A. area, um, if they'll, they'll come out, they can go to the website and get the information to register. But this um, this film was produced for the millennials, but it's really a film for everybody to watch. But we wanted to reach the younger generation because this is the targeted group. These young people, our young kids, even Christian kids, are um, buying into that that social um, that that social politically correct right. message about the Palestinians. And if the Palestinians, the Arabs, really truly want to be blessed, well, there's a way that they can be blessed. They need to bless their older brother and, or their younger brother, really, um, in the faith. Right. And, you know, God said in Genesis twelve three, I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you, and all the nations of the world will bless themselves by you. So our goal with the film is to reach these, these young people. Um, our goal with the United Nations through our event on October 20th is to talk about the global impact. If, if the world were really to, you know, just lay it on Israel, let's boycott them, let's Stop using their products. Let's stop using their their medic their science and and medical um, right. advancements. And let's just see what that really what it what would the real implications be? Think about you know the the natural disasters that happen. It's usually Israel is on the ground first to set up triage units and start um, helping to um, put put the pieces of the community back together. Um, you know, if the world decides to boycott Israel, what about all these people with these natural disasters? Who's going to come to their aid? I mean, it took and just look at Haiti. What happened to Haiti a few years back? Israel was one of the first. They were the first um, group country on the ground. The United States, it took us seven days. I think it was seven to ten days to, to show up. And here were the right. Israelis. They were already there taking care of the people, setting up the surgical units. It's you know, so we have to look at, at the implications of that that mindset and think, you know, and the other thing, this is another thing that you never really hear about with the boycott movement is this BDS is fueling the new anti-Semitism. That's why we have this growing hatred of Israel around the world. People are citing and accusing Israel of giving, you know, of occupying Palestinian land. But it's also affecting innocent Israelis. It's affecting their jobs. And on top of that, the United Nations, who prides itself in the whole pushing the two-state solution and, and helping the Palestinian people, it's boycotting businesses in these areas like Judea and Samaria, or what the world calls right. the West Bank. These people, these Palestinians, are losing their jobs. We interviewed one woman in the film from, um, from Jericho, who uh, told us the story that, you know, because I asked her, I said, well, what would happen if, if you, if Israel had to give up this land? What would happen to your job? She said, my family will die. She said, because there is no work in the Palestinian area. And this is what the, re right. this is really the truth of the matter. We have been spending, right. and I say we, world leaders, have been spending millions of dollars, billions really, over the years to help this the impoverished Palestinian people. There's no development. There are no um, economic opportunities, but we keep pouring billions of dollars into this hole 
that never results in helping and making these Palestinians or these Arab lives better. And that okay, is, let me cut in right there. Let me cut in right there. Um, we're getting ready to go to a break. Joe, right. now, first off, on your website, that it, the film that you're talking about, that's Boycott This, right? Yes, that's the docu- the new documentary that's okay. coming out. Folks, uh, you can see the trailer to it. It's right there when you go to our website. Now, Lori, please tell them where your website's at. It, you can, it's located at pjtn.org. pjtn.org. Folks, that's pjtn.org. And, of course, folks, when this goes to podcast later on tonight, after we get off live radio, there will be a link with the podcast for her website. And we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 
I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, I'm, that's always good to see. You know, I have this. I'll do it real quick. I have this little small complex because I can't see people, you know. Always go. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.